It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to all of you. You know, I've been doing this show quite some time. Never did one the day before Thanksgiving, but that's the beauty of a Monday-Wednesday lineup these days. Everyone's in a good mood. It's a great time of year. I didn't grow up celebrating Thanksgiving. I, I don't really pay attention to, like, all the stuff behind it. I just love the 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 message and I love the feelings that it brings out. I'm very thankful to be here. Maybe we'll talk a little more in the program about what we're thankful for, but uh, I'm in a great mood. It's a great holiday. There's no religious attachment to it. It's just being grateful. It's being thankful. It's feeling good. It's being appreciative. And I'm very much appreciative of the fact that I get to do this show twice a week. Now, we don't have a lot of time to waste at the beginning of the show because we got to get to our first guest. He's a part of a press conference that's going down in less than an hour. In fact, our first two guests are going to be a part of a press conference that goes down at two so we don't want to keep them there's no UFC this weekend but there is a very big event going on this weekend which is nice and cozy and a little bit outside of the norm I'll tell you about that in a second but first let me tell you about who's sponsoring today's program of course you know it's our good friends over at DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the UFC and the MMA Hour is presenting today's program Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code the MMA Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. At around 3.30, I'll answer your questions. You know where to leave them. Go check it out. Leave a question. We'll have some time. Sit back, relax. We'll answer the questions at 3.30. 3 o'clock, we'll be joined by GC. Get his big picks for the weekend. Stay tuned for that. 
2.30, we'll be joined by Dan Hooker. Is he moving to 145? What's going on with that? We'll talk to him about all that and more. 2 o'clock, we have located Bryce Mitchell. You guys keep asking me about Bryce. I've located him, so stay tuned for that. Matt Mitrione, our old friend, Meathead. He's back, formerly of the Mitrione Minute. Sands, Sean McCorkle, he'll join us at 1.25-ish. In a matter of moments, we'll be joined by Frank Mir, former UFC heavyweight champion. Both Mir and Meathead are part of Triad Combat, Triller's Triad Combat, MMA versus boxing, this Saturday at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. What the hell is Triad Combat? Well, let's go to this video put together by Triller, hosted by Sean Wheelock, formerly of Beltor, who works for Triller, who explains the rules. Nice little table setter, if you will, to get into the conversations with both Frank Mir and Matt Mitrione. So sit back, watch this, and then when we come back from the clip, we'll talk to our first guest who's a part of this card. One half of the main event going up against Kubret Pulev this Saturday in Arlington, Texas. Frank Mir, take a look. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Wheelock. I'm the Director of Rules and Regulations for Triller's Triad Combat. I'm going to be walking you through what makes this brand new combat sport unique. What is allowed, what isn't allowed. Triad Combat is the true middle ground between boxing and MMA. And one of the things that will make this very unique is what fighters are able to do when they engage. These are the rules and regulations. Let's now show you the basic clinch positions. The first we will talk about is the underhook. Now the attacking fighter can throw punches. The next position, the overhook. And instead of going under the arm of the defensive fighter, you see trapping over the arm. Next up, we're going to show the half-tie plump. The fighter is grabbing on the back of the opponent's head. Uppercuts are there to the body, to the head. Straight punches. It's a wide open target. Next up is the waist cinch. In controlling the opponent with the waist cinch, the attacking fighter can throw with the left hand. Let's now deal with the punches. Of course, punching is the only striking that's allowed in Triller's Triad Combat, but within that, you're going to see a wide variety of punches, including every punch that you would see in boxing. The jab, the cross, the hook, the uppercut, and the bolo punch. And you'll also see punches that you would see in MMA. The spinning back fist, the standing hammer fist, and the Superman punch. While in Triller Combat, foot stomps are not allowed, a fighter is allowed to stand on his opponent's foot while throwing punches. So that's what you can do. Now let's talk about what you're not allowed to do in Triller's Triad Combat. Again, this is punching only, so no knees. Not from the entry, and no knees from the clinch. You also cannot throw elbows. No entry elbows, such as a tomahawk elbow. And you cannot throw elbows from the clinch, including from the half-tie plunk. You're also not allowed to kick. No kicks to the leg, to the body. No teep kicks, no head kicks, and no spinning back kicks. We've talked about the active clinch and where you can control. What you're not allowed to do is come over the head in any fashion. So no guillotine positions. Also without the squeeze, a head chancery not allowed. And you cannot do the schoolyard side headlock with those punches. Oh yeah, no one. Again, no one Triller's Triad Combat is stand up only. 
So no ground fighting, no submissions of any kind, and certainly no trips, no takedowns, no dumps, and no sweeps. I'm Sean Wheelock. These are the rules and regulations. Enjoy. All right, so there you have it. Thank you. I feel like that was important. It was important to air that because what the hell is triad combat? No one really knows what this is. Remember last Thanksgiving weekend, they had that first Triller event with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, Jake Paul, Nate Robinson. So they're kind of, they're taking the old Survivor Series slot, Thanksgiving weekend. Here's more. It's a revolutionary new combat team sport which incorporates boxing and MMA rules in an aggressive, fast-paced manner with the fighters competing in a specially designed triangular ring over two-minute rounds featuring professional boxers competing against professional mixed martial arts fighters. Names like Mike Perry on the card, Albert Tumanov, Derek Campos, Matt Mitrione, Frank Mir. They're going up against legit boxers in this sort of leveling of the playing field situation. Interestingly enough, it's two-minute rounds and nine... It's two-minute rounds, nine rounds for the main event, seven rounds for the non-main event. So Matt Matrione's in a seven-round fight with two-minute rounds, seven two-minute rounds. Uh, Matt is in a... Did I say Matt? No, Matt is at the co-main event. Frank is in a nine-round fight, two-minute rounds, which is interesting. Also, Nick Cannon is hosting it, and they just announced that there's going to be teams. So it's like team... MMA versus Team Boxing. Team Boxing's captain is Shannon Briggs. Team MMA's captain is Quentin Rampage Jackson. And, you know, they have their little thing going on. Michael Buffer is the ring announcer. Fat Joe, Eric B., and Crime Faces are going to be a part of it. There's going to be a Metallica concert. This is where the Texas Rangers play baseball. So it's quite, the, it's quite the scene. I wonder how many tickets they sold to this. In addition to all of that, there's team scoring. Uh, a knockout will be awarded five points. I don't love the point stuff, if I'm being honest. It gets a little too convoluted. A decision victory will be awarded three points. A draw will be awarded one point. Each team gets a point. The winning team members will be awarded a bonus. And again, it's Shannon Briggs versus... Quentin Rampage Jackson. Like, all of this was very confusing to me as of a day ago. So I feel like it was important to explain it to all of you. Uh, the card is an interesting one. There, there are odds out that we found for the card, and I think you wouldn't be surprised to hear that the majority of the boxers are favorites. Kubrat Pulev is a minus 1,500 favorite against Frank Mir in the main event. Again, that's 9 two-minute rounds, plus 750 for Frank Mir. Mike Perry, a plus 180 against Sakio Bika, a minus 220. Alexander Flores against Matt Mitrione. Brian Vera against Derek Campos, formerly of Bellator. Albert Tumanov against Scott Simon. 
on this bout order that I'm seeing here, Mike Perry's listed twice, which seems like a mistake. In any event, those are recognizable names. And Kubrat Pulev just lost to Anthony Joshua. Boxing fans, you know, they know who Sakio Bika is. So this is interesting stuff. There's no, there's no Bellator. There's no UFC. There's none of it. And so they have found this opening. They like the boxing MMA gimmick. It's the triangular ring. You got the, the rules now. You know the regulations. You know about the gloves. You know about the punches. Let's talk to the guys. And so without further ado, let's go to the Zoom machine and say hello to one half of the main event, Frank Mir, who's going up against Kubrat Pulev. There he is. Hey, Frank, how are you? Doing well. Thanks, Adam. Um, it's good to have you here. How did this come about for you? This is very uh, outside of the box, very interesting. You're going up against a very well-known boxer. How did this get on your radar? Well, you know, the last part of my career, I've been really pushing to try different things and really push the uh, the striking aspect of my uh, my martial arts training. And not that I, you know, I always tell people I got the Michael Vick curse every time I fight an MMA fight. Even if I knock out Mirko with a knee or, or check Congo with an overhand left, everybody talks about submissions, which I'm accomplished there. But now that I'm entering, you know, I'm a part owner of Syndicate now and, and I'm, you know, coaching there. And my daughter, obviously, now it's her career. Uh, I wanted to push and showcase that I'm skilled in all aspects of MMA. In fact, in my opinion, uh, the most you know knowledgeable MMA fighter that there is in the world. And so I just wanted to showcase that also my striking skills were also very knowledgeable. I knew I was going. So I jumped into the boxing match with Steve Cunningham, and I thought I made a good showing of my uh, you know boxing range there. And here, when this opportunity came up, I was like, oh, trying new things and pushing myself. It still doesn't allow me to do takedowns or use my ground skills, but I think this is, uh, definitely uh, helps uh, close the gap as far as competing with a boxer, because now I can utilize my clinch. By the way, when did you become part owner of Syndicate? I didn't know that. Uh, just after my last fight, me and John talked and hung out. And, you know, hey, look, I'm 42. I'm starting to go that well uh, with it. And I wanted to be more part of uh, the company and, and, or the gym. And, and so he and I get along extremely well. So I just teaming up and hopefully here in like a, in a couple of years, my goal is to hit like, a, you know, a coaches of the year. So we can have our team up there. I love it. And so you'll be coaching the, the pros there as well. Yes. Um, as far as getting ready for this fight, was it, you know, you had to, I just had to educate our audience on the rules. It's a little different, right? It's kind of a hybrid. The ring is different. Did you have to educate yourself and did you find yourself continuously going back to what can I do? What can I do, et cetera? Was it tough to prepare for this? You know, honestly, no, it was actually easy because I had signed with BKFC, you know, a year and a half ago now, it seems like. And even though that hasn't came up yet, logistically trying to get in there, that's a whole other interview we could do. Uh, I'm, so I'm still training. I have guys in the gym that are doing the bare knuckle fighting. So the clinch fighting and boxing is something that we've all been doing at least once or twice a week on top of MMA. And then and so straight boxing, I only trained for about two months when I was training for the Cunningham fight. But then I went right back to the bare knuckle fighting, which this basically is bare knuckle rules with gloves and adding a, a spinning back knuckle. So the tie-ups... And throwing from the tie-ups, um, you know, it was an easy transition. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They go, oh, you got to wear MMA gloves. I'm like, well, that's what we're doing when we spar for bare knuckle. We all wear the eight-ounce MMA gloves. So, I mean, really, honestly, the only thing that changed for me was now I could throw a spinning back knuckle. Okay. What do you, what do you think about the gloves? And were you able to train in the gloves? 
Yeah, no, they sent them out to me. I was already training at an eight-ounce pair, but from different than now. The, the specific uh, gloves Sean sent out to us, uh, I like them. I, I got to work with them. Actually, there's a lot of knuck padding on the knuckles, more so than even my 10-ounce boxing gloves, as far as the amount of protection on the hand, the knuckle part. And then uh, the open hand I'm a fan of because it allows me to use my thumb to grab and clinch and hold. Where You know, in boxing, obviously, the thumb is tied to the glove, so that's not possible. So it really opens up the clinching and, and wrist tying and collar tying which even in boxing, if you call a tie, you're not allowed to throw, you know, uh, to the head or anything, you know, pull a guy into a punch, which uh, now that's legal now. How did you feel when they offered you Pulev, who, like I said, I mean, this guy just fought Anthony Joshua in his last fight. He's not some over-the-hill, washed-up, no. never was. How did you feel about the matchup when it was offered to you? I was extremely excited about it. You know, my first matchup was a, was a good fighter, but not a name that I think would have caught people's uh, recognition right off the bat. Nothing against Alexander Flores, just he wasn't, you know, a household name. Uh, Pula fighting, uh, you know, as obviously is in the boxing realm. His last fight coming off of, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua title shot. Uh, he's fought Klitschko. You know, it was only two losses, so he's been a top 10 heavyweight, I think, since 2011 to 2018. And so, you know, look, man, if you're going to go hunting, you don't want to go shoot some asthmatic, half-dead lion, right? You want to go out there and, and get the, the, the most dangerous creature in the world and then put him on the wall. And that's, if you look at my career, that's how I've always been. In my MMA career, I look for the biggest game possible to go out there to test myself against and push myself. I don't want to strategically pick matches at all. That's an easy win and pad my record because no one cares if you're 30-0 and and you haven't fought anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have a who's who laundry list of who I fought. And I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. So Pulev is a very dangerous fighter, uh, you know, a legitimate hard-hitting heavyweight at long range. But obviously, do I see openings that I could take advantage of? Of course. Speaking of your MMA career, distinguished <laughs> MMA career, decorated career, are you done with MMA? No, not at all. I mean, obviously, I really like what Triller's doing. This catches on. I'll probably do more fights here. But obviously, MMA fights don't interfere with uh, the Triller fights. So if, uh, you know, look, I want to compete as many times as I can before I'm done. You know, uh, retirement's the rest of my life, man. You yeah. know, and I love to compete. I think a lot of people love to compete. I was just at the Jiu-Jitsu Con. There was thousands of people there competing that paid for their hotel rooms, took time off from work, paid an entrance fee to go compete and made no money for it, you know? So I think more people understand how I feel that I love competition. It's what allows me to train and what allows to keep me pushing. And it's my identity, that's who I am. That's why I get up in the morning, how I brush my teeth on one foot, I'm balancing, it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just obsessed. True or false, this is the biggest payday of your career. True. Wow, that, that kind of blows my mind if I'm being honest. You fought Brock Lesnar at UFC 100, you fought some of the biggest names. This is the biggest payday, Saturday Night Triad Combat. Yeah. By a significant amount? Uh, not significant. The, the uh, second Brock fight was close, but that was the, the second biggest uh, of my career. But no, this one, in fact, if I hit my bonuses and I win, uh, I'm, I'm basically touching on seven figures, and I've never been within a couple hundred grand of that in the uh, MMA world. Does that blow your mind that at your age you're able to pull in these numbers? Uh, yes, you know, sometimes it's very humbling to know that I'm still able to, you know, headline a card. And, and, and you know, obviously my, my fight with Cunningham, I think I made a really good statement. I think that really pushed me in a position to be here that I represented MMA extremely well. Uh, I felt that, you know, just barring a win, that was about the greatest outcome I could have had to go out there. In fact, if you'd have asked me 
knock Cunningham out in 30 seconds and catch him with a shot or box a distance, distance hold your own, win rounds here and there, show your boxing uh, technique, uh, I would have preferred that. And that's what ended up happening. And so, uh, yeah, no, humbling they could get there. But also, too, I think that's a testament to what Triller's doing, you know, pushing the paydays and sharing the income. I mean, here, I realized this a couple of years ago, and this was kind of bittersweet for me. I looked at the amount of pay-per-view buys that Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury sold and what they took home for paydays. Uh, me and Brock sold more pay-per-views, wow. and I didn't take one home nowhere near as much as either one of them. Wow. You I mean, Brock and I combined didn't take right. 10% of what they took. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't even get pay-per-view points for 100, right? Uh, yes, I did. You did? I did. But not for the first fight? No, not for the first fight. At that time, my contract was only if you are the champion defending the belt. And at that time, I was the interim champ. Gotcha. Um, I last spoke to you before your daughter, Bella, was going to make her debut. She has since made her debut, and she's looked very good in fighting. And I know now she is, you know, continuing. She's killing it in, in the grappling world, in the wrestling world, but it looks like we have something special on our hands here. Could you tell me as a father, what is it like seeing your daughter compete? When I was young and I first started, my wife was pregnant, I, I realized it was like three things I wanted to accomplish as a father, and, and I'm blessed that I was able to. I want all my children to be critical thinkers. I thought that was the most important skill I could hand on to them. Uh, second, to be very independent. They didn't need anybody to, to rely on to get them, you know, uh, to move forward in life. And third was to find something they love to do. Um, I love that all my kids do martial arts. They have to, even my sons that are football national champ, he has to do martial arts. He has to wrestle. Do just, I, I make the joke, you can't leave my house until you're a purple belt in jiu-jitsu at least. <laughs> can't move out and go to college. And so, uh, you know, my kids were with weapons, knives, guns. I take them shooting. Martial arts is a part of our culture and who we are and, and part of our identity. And so uh, it wasn't my first choice for Bella to be a professional fighter. It's kind of like being a professional musician. You know, it's great that you play an instrument, but if you're telling me you're going to, uh, you know, skip your day job and not push your career so that you can go ahead and try to make money in the music world, I'm going to tell you there's a lot of luck involved. And anybody in the entertainment world that tells you otherwise is being disingenuous. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, you know, you could do everything right and you have to do everything right that's within your control. But there's elements that aren't in your control as far as, you know, the other guy not, you know, being able to make fights, you know, not being sick, injuries. Hey, shaking the right hand at the right time to get opportunities like I have here with Triller. Malky. Uh, Kawa's relationship with Triller is something that's benefited me greatly to come in here. You, know, you see me and Mike Perry on the card. And so, uh, you know, all those factors come up. That's what makes me nervous about her being a fighter is that at times, you know, there's things that are not within your control, but, uh, but Bella's special. I mean, she just did a PI, you know, Dana, you know, welcome with open arms and, and she's in there training. She tested higher than any other bantamweight when it came to strength and speed. Wow. And she's 18. She's the strongest girl on the UFC roster as far as power and explosion. Her endurance is incredible. Bella is the most mentally tough human being. I've ever, and I've been a professional fighter, world champion. I'm in the gym with people all the time. She's a different. She's just, she's everything that was my, you know, that I needed to work on. And so she saw me pushing those things and she came out the gate at the level that I've pushed myself to. So I don't know what she's going to be in five years besides heavyweight champ or excuse me, right. bantamweight champ. Right. It's, it's an amazing thing. In fact, I remember when we last spoke, it seemed to me, I don't know if I could say like it bothered you, but you had told me you hadn't talked to Dana in quite some time. And then I saw the photo of her with Dana at his office. And so that warmed my heart. So it's, I, I would imagine yeah. you were there as well. You guys good it now? Was. 
Yeah, well, much better. You know what? Just sometimes, you know, Dana, I said this about him the other day, that he's the most passionate person I've ever worked for when it comes to loving the fighters. Uh, you know, Dana pushes and loves the sport. That's why the MMA aspect is what it is. And so uh, I'm glad that I could, you know, you know, look, you know, eventually when I retire, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I'd like to do more things around the world. My daughter's now part of it and moving up in the UFC. So, you know, burying the hatch was extremely, it was, in fact, the only problem was it was almost like too easy. Like, it's like, ah, who cares? Let's hug. It's over with. I'm like, wow, I'm so used to because I'm such an analytical person. I'm like, yeah. all right, let's talk about this incident. We're going to talk about this and how we're going to resolve it. What are we going to go through? What are your plans? And like, his brain didn't work the same way. So it was, it was, it was great. Do you want Bella to fight in the UFC? I want her to fight wherever she's happiest. You know, Bella grew up with me being a heavyweight champion in the UFC. So, you know, that's where her heart's set. Um, if that's what she wants to do, I'm supporting her in any way possible. Uh, you know, I didn't want her to fight at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like this college wrestling thing a lot, you know. You know, maybe go wrestle for Iowa. They have a pretty phenomenal girl that just got lined up as one of their coaches, you know, bronze medalist. And so, uh, you know, and many other colleges out there are phenomenal. Girls wrestling scene has exploded. But she's not getting concussions, you know, as, as much. She's not getting hit in the head. So I'm for that. But uh, if she wants to fight, I decided early on that I, I can either, uh, you know, watch from the shoreline or I can be the captain of the ship. So I'm the captain. So it's fascinating because, like, if I'm PFL, if I'm Bellator, I'm signing her today. She's a big name, the daughter of a legend, and saying, like, hey, we'll pay you something. You work your way up, but we want to be there when you're ready. We want to secure your services now. Have big promotions. UFC doesn't technically do this all the time. But if I'm those guys, I'm doing this yesterday. Have you had talks with those guys? Had some great conversations with PFL, and that's one thing good about uh, my conversation with Dana. He's like, "Look, his exact words were times on your side." He goes, "Go to the other leagues, go fight. Why would you want to be in the UFC right now and jump in the deep waters of MMA?" He goes, "You know, there's a lot of talent out there too that you can go face and fight and uh, and get your experience and test things out. You know, and and." run around and so uh you know he's a big proponent of that and so that wasn't going to be any conflict of interest i mean it came out of his own mouth he's like yeah go ahead and do what you want to do go out there and sign you know right now we're fighting for icon uh we were trying to get a fight december 9th but uh it didn't work out with um uh, the uh, commission and icon getting those dates set so now they're talking about maybe florida uh, january 21st only problem is i think that's right before, after her last state tournament, and and uh, wrestling will beat out at this point because you know, she's only a senior once. Sure. She's in high school, so I don't want you know. I'm amazed. I mean, look, I'm 42 and I'm still fighting. That's right. the rest of you know, much longer career. But you know, you know, going to prom and homecoming, I still want her to be a kid, yeah. even though my daughter is is very much of an adult now. I'm trying to be like, hey, let's slow down. There's certain experiences we're never going to get back. But your senior year at state, becoming you know a state champion from eighth grade all the way on. Like we're never going to get a second shot at that. So let's go ahead and still take advantage of that stuff. I, I can't imagine what it must've felt like to see her sign an autograph. I saw a picture that you posted of her signing a UFC glove. You were taking a picture. Yeah. I think the, I saw a picture of you taking the picture. Well, what, what yeah. is that like for you, man? That must be, I mean, I remember your daughter coming to the, the open workouts when you're fighting like in Memphis, UFC 107, that must blow your mind. Yeah, it just, it, it does, you know. Um, I'm glad for, first and foremost, I get to spend a lot of time with my kids that a lot of fathers would kill for. You know, when we're walking around the gym, we all lift weights, all the kids we lift and we hang out together. My my son, Cage, you know, 16 now. My youngest is Tro- uh, Ronan, who's 12. Like, my wife makes fun of me. It's like a bear with his three cubs, and I'm walking around the gym lifting, you know, uh-huh. lifetime. 
where we, uh, we do our weight training. And then obviously I train with Bella at Syndicate and take her to and go to wrestling practices. And so, uh, you know, I get to be very much part of their life. So watching Bella sign an autograph thing and, and knowing that the legacy is going on and moving and it just, the, the thing though, again, that I'm happiest about is she's happy. I didn't force this on her. If anybody's watching thinking, oh, Mia pushed this kid into fighting. I'm like, couldn't be farther from the truth. I gave her softball. I was like, let's yeah. do this. Let's do that. Anything, you know. Uh, she loves it. And so if she loves it uh, and she's happy, I'm happy. Are the boys going to do it too? You know, they love to train it. and But right now they love football. And, uh, you know, Bella loves football too. But obviously, you know, gender wise, it's not as an easy of a, you know, the, the opportunities are a lot less there. So they're being very successful at football right now. Um, and so, uh, you know, they have to train martial arts as part of their curriculum. Like other kids have to, you know, they have to do math. They have to learn how to read. They got to do martial arts and then football is what they love and they're passionate. But my sons, uh, yeah, they train with us. They still like, uh, my youngest is more into jujitsu. My uh, middle son's more into wrestling and he's starting to really like boxing a lot. So I'm like, yeah, if you want to work on it, we can work on it. You know, as far as street fighting, you know, it's grappling is where it's at, but you know, defending yourself in the dorm. But as far as uh, if you enjoy this, it only adds to your, uh, your skill level, especially for football players. It seems like yeah, boxing helps. For sure. Um, will Bella corner you on Saturday? Yep. Not only is Bella corner me, well, John Wood, my partner yeah. in the syndicate there, uh, he's the head cornerman. Uh, Isabella's there. And then my son, Cage, is also gets the opportunity now to corner me. Wow. That's the corner right there? John Wood and your two kids? I love it. Yep. That is amazing. How do you feel the about- Family of Mayor's doing. Beautiful. What a way to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? Um, yes. Trying Triangular cage or ring, excuse me, the triangle. Like, how do you prepare for that? Well, one thing we didn't do is I didn't spar a lot in a boxing ring this time. Uh, I sparred in the cage so that we could practice straight lines. And then what we did was I got the measurements from, you know, Ricky over at First Round Management. It's 26 by 26 by 26, which was funny. We were kind of sitting there trying to figure out the angles of the corner to make sure it lined up. But uh, we were able to – only took three grown men about 10 minutes to figure out how to do it. So we taped it off, roped it off, and, and basically we used it for footwork. But as far as – I mean, you get – uh, there's not a lot of room. I mean, you think in the middle there is – the minute, but cutting people off and being the aggressor, this really leads to making that easier, which look, that's what Triller's doing a phenomenal job about doing this card is that it leads to aggression, you know, toe in the line type mentality, starting off early, you know, uh, and having small, uh, shorter rounds that all leads to more aggressive fighters. Hell, I wish MMA, we would switch to two minute rounds, you know, and just make it 10 rounds. You know, more rest and guys, you'll see more explosion, more power, and you'll see guys doing a better job. And, and the two minute round, I'm a huge fan of because no one's sitting there feeling each other out. You just don't have time for it. You're going to go in there and there is some reading and, and analyzing, but it's go. You're going to go out there and fight and be violent. And I think that's what fans like. No one's going to sit there, you know, Mayweather's knock on his career, even though he's the greatest defensive boxer of all time. Sometimes, I mean, he makes world champions look silly, but he's not sometimes easiest ticket seller as far as people being entertained, you know, fight fans are entertained by it, but you know, you bring you know, somebody who hasn't really been familiar with boxing, they're like, oh, this is kind of boring. So aggression, violence, that leads to fanfare. And I think that the triangle, the two minute rounds really accentuates and pushes that aspect. Last thing. And that's a great point. Uh, I can't recall the last time Frank Mir was a plus 750 underdog. How do you win on Saturday? Oh, I just make it everything but a boxing match. I mean, you know, it's too close, too close to the fight to really worry about letting the cat out of the bag. But uh, yeah, I mean, behind every punch, I mean, he's not going to be able to throw combos. Every punch, I'm grabbing him afterwards, and then I'm going to work the clinch and just drag on him and really push 
his grappling cardio, which he doesn't have to the experience that I do. You know, it's different. You can ask anybody who's fought MMA. The first time you wrestled with somebody, stood up, and then you had to throw punches again, uh, it's a different feeling. You know, and it takes a lot of acclimation. I have 20 years of doing it uh, in my endurance and, and, and my understanding how it works and being relaxed uh, and able to still fire off. So, you know, you know, obviously boxing at range, even if I thought I was better at him at that, why would I? That's what he's best at, where he's most comfortable, where his heart rate's going to be low. I'm going to jump on him and ragdoll the hell out of him. I'm intrigued. I can't wait to watch. Frank, best of luck to you. Thanks for coming on. Congrats on the success of not only your daughter, but all your kids, your whole family. It's great to see you still out there doing your thing. And uh, good luck, of course, on Saturday night. Thank you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, talk to you soon. There he is, the one and only Frank Mir, legend of the game, former UFC heavyweight champion, a part of the triad combat card this Saturday. Like I said, no Bellator, no UFC, no major events. You do have Teofimo Lopez competing if you're a boxing fan on DAZN, which is somewhat ironic because of his issues with Triller. They're having an event the same night. But man, I, I mean, like sometimes a little wackiness, I got to admit, I'm intrigued. I will be watching. I want to see now. I'm curious to see how they deal, you know, with a lot of clinching. That's the type of stuff in a boxing match the referee's going to break up. So will that slow things down? But you also have a two-minute round, not a three-minute round, certainly not a five-minute round. Nine rounds for him, 18 minutes total, seven rounds for all the other fights. And we'll be talking to another fighter competing on the card in a matter of seconds here, Matt Mitrione, who's going up against the aforementioned Alexander Flores. Like I said, Mike Perry's on the card. Derek Campos is on the card. Albert Tumanov, who we haven't seen in quite some time. I'm really curious to see how he looks. Um, that ring has been a, you know, a sore subject because of the, uh, the bare-knuckle group BKB that uh, claims that they have the patent for that ring. Uh, and I know there's been some legal talks, but it sounds like triad combat... And I know BKB's uh, Mike Vasquez is a little bit upset about all this, but it sounds like the triad combat card is uh, going to move forward. So I can't wait to see what it looks like. Plus, that's a big stadium. That's where the Rangers play. The baseball team, Globe Life Field, is a massive stadium. That's where the World Series was last, uh, last October. And so Frank Mir is one half of the main event against Kubert Pulev. Matt Mitrione is fighting Alexander Flores, who's also an accomplished boxer. I haven't talked to old Meathead in quite some time. Longtime fans of this show will recall that he used to be a staple. The Mitrione Minute. The Mitrione and McCorkle Minute later on. And then we all got in trouble and we had to take a break. But when I found out that he uh, was a part of this card, I was like, oh, of course, we have to have Matt back on. And so without further ado, let us say hello to old friend. Matt Mitrione, there he is. What up, A.H.? How are you, brother? <laughs> oh, man. Just hearing you say A.H., it takes me back to like 2012. This is beautiful. How are you? I'm living a dream, my man. I'm good, healthy, happy, ready to, ready to get out there and 
be half naked in front of gazillions of people. This is beautiful. You you came prepared, right? You brought a Mitrio minute. No, I'm just joking. I just tried it. <laughs> this day and age, brother, no, no chance. I was just telling someone who's new to the show. I don't think that we. I don't think we would have lasted one week doing that in 2021, right? No way. Canceled, brother. No right, way. Right, right, right. Um, good. That is good. Uh, well, it's. I great. How you doing, man? You got like a gazillion kids now. You're trying to catch up with me. Yeah, I know. I got three. I saw your kids. Or so, I, I remember when they were little, little, little babies. I didn't even have any. I'll never forget, Matt. I remember telling you that I was going to be a parent for the first time. And uh, you were giving me some fatherly advice. I remember exactly where I was when I told you this at my apartment in Brooklyn. And uh, I, I always, you know, I always admired how much you loved your kids, like the way in which you spoke about your children. And now to see them, I think they're probably in high school, middle school, right? They look huge. Yeah, 16, 12, 11. Wow, that is amazing. How are they doing? Yeah, they're great, dude. They're doing really well. Uh, believe it or not, well-adjusted. They do well in school and they do well in sports. Uh, they do well socially. They're good, man. They're good. And uh, you have remarried, correct? I did. Actually, my wife is here, as a matter oh. of fact. This is the first time, other than when I brought Jacob to London, uh, this is the first time anybody in my family's been. We, I was actually going to bring the kids like the mirrors, but um, schedule-wise, school-wise, it just couldn't work out. Wow. So is this, this isn't your first time that your wife will, your, your, your new wife will see you fight, right? Yeah, yeah, live for sure. First time? Yeah. How's she handling that? Come here. Yeah, question for you. Are you nervous now? <laughs> okay. Apparently, she's nervous. Um, she she hasn't handled my fighting very well. Like okay. she's ready for me to be done. But like then again, you know how it is, man. Like I have a love hate relationship with with the uh, with the. Well, <clears throat> I can't say that. I might have a love hate relationship with MMA. This one may be totally different. It's such a different gig, you know. Why well, love hate with MMA? And thank you for taking off the hat. I want to see those eyes. I want to see the hair. This is old meathead that we. Hey, brother. Yes, this is beautiful. Uh, why love hate with MMA? I thought it it brought you good things. I did it, I, that's why I love it, right? right. Like really, it, uh, it 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 was a very good life, um, and I enjoyed it. Um, but like, I was never uh, a fan of how fickle the uh, the fan base was at times. I think that there was, there are some that are really educated. Uh, and I think there are the masses that are just so uh, flippantly ignorant and they, they don't care to learn nuance. Uh, and I think that that's um, something that always kind of bothered me about it. I think that uh, I've never, like I like grappling. Um, I, I wrestle because that, it was part of the sport. Um, I don't like wrestling. I don't like people that can steal rounds. I like the aggression um, that, uh, that is rewarded, right? I don't like uh, passivity being rewarded in a fight sport. Um, and I think that, like, you know, you know me, but it's, al it's always been that way, right? Like, and also like in order for where I lived at uh, in Indiana, I had to travel, had to be away from my family, had to do so much. I think it like, there was a, a very strong mix of what um, I, I didn't like that, that blended in with financially and the freedom that I was able to have because of the sport. So are you done with fighting? Are you done with MMA? Um, I don't like, yeah, I would probably, I, I, would, I would venture to say I'm done with MMA. I'm, I'm probably like, who knows? Like this, I might really love this sport. I don't, I still like, I mean, call me, some people might call me ignorant for saying this, but like, I don't feel that I have been outperformed in stand up. I think I like my last two, I have, I have three, three TKOs, right? Like, um, Karatanov, then, um, uh, what's his name? The one head butt and the other head butt, mm -hmm. um, Tyrell from the second one. Fortunate. Um, and yeah, and, and those are like those are the first, literally the first context of the fight. So I feel like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna retire and be done, 
then I want to be outperformed. I want to have somebody that came in there and smoked me and whooped my ass at what I'm strong at. And then that tells me, okay, you're done. It's, it's past your time. Um, but I think in having situations that fights, in my perspective, should be overturned from a, from a loss to a no contest because the first impact of the fight is headbutts and those are illegal. So I, I feel like that should be a situation in which that I should be protected as a fighter. And if I'm not, which I wasn't, uh, and who knows what the hell uh, Missouli's doing in Connecticut. Um, so because of that, and since he didn't overturn him, then I have, no, I have no choice, but I have to leave the sport of MMA because I don't trust the commissioner or the referee or uh, whoever the governing body is going to be to make the right decision. And I can't take unnecessary beatings because the fight should have been stopped so they could either watch, hey, you know what? Actually, on a, on a mild yeah. tangent, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, let me di- digress. Sure. Um, I wish that they would do throwing a red flag in MMA. That if they could do a red flag in MMA, then a referee might miss a call, but then a corner can be like, hey, you know what, hold on, there's something going on here. And it had to be within huh. X amount of seconds of a foul or something like that. Because like my two fights, right? Like whoever the referee was, might've been Beltran before, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Big Dan. If they miss both of those, right? Then my ref can be like, hey, this just happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it's not me on the ground being upside down, being like, hey dude, I just got headbutt. And Big Dan's response was, listen, you're not bleeding, so it's not significant enough. Huh. How the hell is that a response to me telling them I got headbutt? Right. But if my corner threw it in there and they could go back and check a flag. And then if like, say for instance, like if my corner throws a flag in or something like that, and then they go, they go back and review the, 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 uh, well, like the, the film and it didn't happen. The violation didn't happen. Well, then maybe you lose that round automatically. It's like, an, it, then you lose a point automatically. Who knows? Um, but I think that's something that could be worked into the, the rule set. And I think that might be beneficial. So, before you got the call to do this, were you done? Hmm. Had you retired? No training. Um, but I was training just because I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, like I, was, I wasn't wrestling. I was grappling. Actually, I guess I was still wrestling at Purdue. Um, but you weren't but, training for a fight. You weren't looking for a fight. You had kind of moved on? Yeah. And so how did this come about? I got a phone call. I answered the phone. <laughs> Who called and you? I, um, Chris Idle and uh, another fellow. And they were like, hey, man, like, uh, it's going to be in, it's going to, it's in three weeks. Um, are you down for this conversation? And I was like, well, sure. Who's it against? And they, they, they told me who the, who the original fight was going to be against. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Sounds fun. Like, let's do it. Let's try it out. Um, and that's really what it was. I think that was like, it was three weeks before wow. this, this, uh, coming Saturday. Who, who was the original opponent? Um, I think it was originally going to be Pulev. Oh, and they swapped it. Yep. And so now you got Flores, who's younger. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Well, let's try it out. Let's see what <laughs> hell happens. I, I like, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I told you before, like, my, my drug of choice is competition. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm addicted to work. I'm addicted to competition. I'm addicted to um, the, the just being an asshole. It's who I am. <laughs> so, as a result of that, like, when they offer me something that's a new sport, hasn't been done before, well, sure. Why the hell not? Let's see what it is. I might really enjoy it. I might not at all. Right. Might get my ass kicked. Might sleep them in a minute. I have a lot of I have a lot of knockouts um, that have happened in less than two minutes in one round. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I can think of three off the top of my head. And if that's the case, well then maybe this is a great fight for me. Maybe it's a great opportunity. Might get my ass kicked. Who knows? One fight deal. Yeah, that's all I wanted. One fight deal. Just to, just to try it out. 
Yeah, see what it is. I'm like, like you know, man. Like financially, I'm I'm fine financially. I'm not really tripping about it. Like, and I've I've I'm in the process of getting actually like a, like a career. Um, but I might still keep fighting. I'm still training. But like, um, I I I look forward to um whatever life brings me. But I know that like my wife and my kids just enjoy me being home. They enjoy the the lifestyle that we have, and I don't feel like I need to prove anything to anybody anymore. Uh, I feel happy in my life, but. Like I said, I'm also addicted to competition. Wait, so two follow-ups there. What's what's the real career that you're working on? Um, well, I'm I'm probably gonna be a firefighter. Uh, oh. We don't have a, an age limit at uh, Purdue University, so I'm uh, enrolling into EMT one and EMT two school uh, coming in January. Gonna go that. Then I have to work as an EMT for a little bit, and then I'll apply for a, a firefighter at Purdue. Wow, have you always wanted to do this? Yeah, that's kind of always been my my, my goal. It was to work in some form of a, of of a, a benefit to society. Um, I feel like um, because of the career and I always had to leave, because like I said, I live in Indiana. So since I always had to leave to go train and, and uh, whatever else life would take me, uh, I, I always felt like I was kind of a parasite on the communities I lived in because I couldn't give back. I couldn't coach. I couldn't do other things because I never knew when I'd have to split. And you know me, like I live on saying yes, a short notice fight isn't a big deal to me. So I'm like, yeah, sure, man. So I might have to leave like that, go down to Florida, go train for two weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks, two months, uh, who knows? And uh, so I felt like I always kind of lived off of the community versus being able to, to provide. And I think this is a situation in which I can finally do that. When you were fighting UFC Bellator in your prime, did you deal with a lot of guilt? Because you've mentioned a couple of times about leaving and not be like, did that bother you a lot? And, and you look back on that with regret, do you wish that you didn't do that as much? Um, <clears throat> well, if I'd have my druthers, no, I, I wish I would be able to stick around. Um, but in that same breath, like my kids were also really young at the time. Mm. Um, and, and I was able to, to, you know, to leave and they wouldn't, didn't really mean as much. It kind of cost me my marriage. Right. Like, like I, I wasn't around as much. Like, like I, I wasn't a good husband then. Um, I had to learn how to grow and be a better husband from that. Um, but and I think I do a pretty good job now, at least moderately decent job of being a good husband. Um, and, uh, but I think that, that now, yeah, absolutely. Like if I were to, if I were to have the, 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 the restraints on my career that I did then, now there's no inhale I would have this career. I'd pick, I'd pick staying at home, being a, a clerical worker or something other than doing that if I had to leave my kids. That's one of the reasons why I, 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 get, I stopped doing uh, commentary. Because commentary, fights only happen on Fridays and Saturdays. Mm. Well, that's the time that I get to A, spend with my kids, and B, that's the time that they have their sports mm-hmm. so I'm, or, or their activities or their events. So I'm never going to be involved in what they want to be in, but at least I'm bringing them a paycheck. To hell with that, man. Like, to me, being a parent and being a husband and, and being um, a, a, a pillar in their lives or even in the community is a much more significant role than making money that, uh, that allows us to do whatever whenever I hopefully can get time for it. You are speaking to my soul, man, and we could tie this up with the the father stuff because, like, my oldest is nine now. My middle son Mm. is seven, and you can offer me, you know, ringside, cage side for the biggest fight in the world. I don't care who it is. It's it's the return of Muhammad Ali against freaking Floyd Mayweather. Mm. You know, pick the fight and go into their soccer game at the park with ten parents. There brings me an infinite amount of joy, like. The joy that I experienced through that is exponentially greater than anything I could. And so now I'm being offered things, and I'm like, I don't want to go because I don't want to miss soccer. 
So I know exactly no. what you're saying. It speaks to me. It, it like makes me a little bit emotional because there's a part of me that's like, you're crazy for turning things down. I just don't want to miss soccer. And that's... No, it's... Um, we also like... I mean, call, call it what it is. AH, you and I, both of us, we, you've been in the game longer than I was. Uh, and you've been to so many events. You've been to so many things. Uh, I've been to so many things. I've had so many things given, presented, uh, opportunities, blah, blah, blahs that it really just kind of blends into the same, like I've forgotten fights I've been on. I've forgotten places I've gone to because it just blends into the same pot. But I remember my kids' events. I remember things that they did, like whether they did well or they did poorly or they did that or did this or or, or whatever it could be. I remember all those events. Um, and I also remember the fact that like, I got to be the the, the soccer dad that brought um, Capri Suns or, or, or granola bars to this, you know? Um, I enjoy that. And that's much more important to me being present in my children's lives than being present at somebody's event that I really don't care about. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be seen on a camera or I'm going to be somebody else's photo op. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean much to me. You said something earlier. You said, uh, I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anyone anymore. Was there a time in your life that you felt that way? And, and who are you talking about? Who did you have to prove anything to? Well, I think that was, it was to me, right? Like I always felt like um, I was a, I always felt like I was a good football player and I always knew I was going to play in the NFL, but not getting drafted, being signed as a free agent, um, getting injured. I never got to have the career that I wanted to have. And that's just the way life is. You just got to play the hand you're dealt. That's it. You know? Uh, and I feel like injuries um, had a, a role in me not being as good as I could have been. I think it, and in addition, I think the fact that I drank and partied and kicked it and was so wild as a youth, I think that had a pretty significant effect also. Um, but I was successful in spite of my ignorance. Um, but I just don't know if I was as successful as I could have been had I given myself the chance. And I think that I kind of learned that, you know, listen, if I can be successful in this sport here, even though it's not really what I enjoy doing that much, I, then I, at least I can prove to myself I can earn a living, I can pay for the, the family. Um, and when I'm finally done, then I can, I can be at peace and be like, you know what? I'm good with what I did. good with what I accomplished. I mean, in the same way, and I've told you, you and I have talked about this before. They're like, there are literally no, there's only one piece of memorabilia or photos or anything of my athletic life in our, and in our, it's not even on display in our entire house. Uh, there's only one piece of anything. Um, and that's, and that's it. That's the only one that I even cared about. Which one? So, uh, Fedor signed my fight gloves. After you fought him? But, yeah. Why does that one mean so much? Because he is the man, right? So as much as I downplayed that, like, he's the man. And he's such a good dude. Um, and, and to be totally honest, I'm done with Bellators. I can say it now. Like, that really kicked off my financial life. I mean, I was ignorant how much financially that, that had a, such a massive um, footprint on the leverage I had. Do you have, well done. Do you, do you, do you, you know, when you think of Bellator, your time there, bad feelings, good uh, feelings? Um, I don't have many good feelings towards them at all. Despite um, what I, you just I, said. Yeah, well, no, no, that's that, like, I, I, I made my financial life. Okay. I had leverage okay. because I did what I had to do. Gotcha. Um, like, I think that they, made several ideas or, or, or um, 
like the, the heavyweight tournament. I think the heavyweight tournament was, was a joke. Like it wasn't a heavyweight tournament. It was a super fight tournament. It was the biggest, our biggest eight names that we have. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. That's so why I told him, I was like, I think that's stupid. I don't, I don't want to do it. And like, I just, just knocked out Fedor in 71 seconds in Madison Square Garden. I'm three and zero with three knockouts. Like now you want me to go, you want me to take three steps backwards and fight arguably who's one of the most durable heavyweights in the game, Roy Nelson to be first. Like, why am I? And then on top of that, like, why are you inviting Chael, who's a wrestler, Bader, who's a wrestler, Mo, who's a wrestler? Why are you inviting three light heavyweight wrestlers who are all extremely accomplished against heavyweights? That, that doesn't make sense to me. It just didn't make like, like there's a completely different skill set at heavyweight versus, versus that, especially at that time. And so I held out. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's stupid. Put me on, put me on the shelf or I'll fight Chet Congo for the, the title that's, that nobody really has. Mm-hmm. And then once I beat Congo, then I'll fight whoever wins the, heavy, the, the, the heavyweight tournament. And then I'll do that. That's no problem at all. Um, and they didn't like that idea either. So I held out until they paid me more. And then that was leverage. That's what I needed. Well done. That is and then nice. everything got, got modified from there. And then like, like the, the, um, like, and then it was just like rather serendipitous. Like it sucked for Caratano, but kicking Taranoff in his nuts. Right. I got paid full ticket price for that for, um, I was supposed to fight Ronnie Marks and that was on, um, what do you call it day? Um, quarantine day, like, uh, uh, Corona day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got paid full ticket price for that. We never even had to fight. Um, just things like I just like for, for wear and tear that didn't happen on my body. I just, and I got money. And then, so like, that's why, like, when, when I got headbutt the second time against Tyrell Fortune, yeah, I was on the ground and I was dizzy and I was telling Dan, I was like, "Do I got headbutt? Like, whatever else? Like, th- you know, my head hurts. I can feel it. Like, you, you need to stop this fight." And he was just letting Tyrell, and even Tyrell stopped because he knew he headbutt me. He, I like Tyrell. He didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It just happened. But like, he, he even stopped because he thought Dan was going to stop the fight to be like, "All right, we need to check this thing out," and he didn't. So once I rolled over and Tyrell grabbed the cage, he's like, "Well, you know what? Tap, tap, tap." I'm not taking an ass whooping when I got fouled for no reason. Doesn't make sense. And so, you left. You were pissed. I got out. Got out. I was like, yeah. I don't I don't need to stick around. But I was so mad at Dan. Like, why would you tell me I'm not bleeding? Why is my blood relevant for you to be like, oh, wait, you did get headbutt? Doesn't make any sense at all. You can hear it in the, in the audio in the fight. Um, and I was like, that's that's foolish for a ref as accomplished as Dan to, to well, I guess he missed a call, so he has to take my word for it. But the fact that he said I'm not bleeding from it just blew my mind. And I was like, dude, if I'm going to get wailed on and he's already on top of me and I'm already dizzy, forget it, man. Get me out of here. I'm done with this sport. Wow. And that's why I walked off. Wow. Um, I know you have to run to the press conference. I'll ask you two quick questions and then I'll let hmm. you go. This has been great, Matt, by the way. Really nice to talk to you again, especially on this show, my return to this show. You are a big part of this show's history. Um, Frank just told me this is the biggest payday of his illustrious career on Saturday. Is that the same for you? Nah, but it's pretty nice. That's great, man. Hey, how about Triller taking care of you guys? You happy with hey, them dude, so me, far? Hey, man. I, I, they really did a great job. And I, I'm not going to bullshit you. Uh, anybody that's watching this that's a fighter, they gave us four plane tickets. One first class, three business class. Hmm. UFC doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. They gave us four hotel rooms, right? They gave us cash. It's just the fact that, like, everybody's like, oh, what's the big damn deal, right? That's, that's superfluous. That's not superfluous. Mm. Like my tickets to fly are like probably $700 a piece, right? They bought those out. If they didn't, I'd have to buy those tickets. Mm -hmm. Uh, My hotel rooms for five days or whenever the coaches can come down, that's another $250, $400 a night. So like by by just what Triller did, this thing saved me probably five, six, seven Gs. Mm. Like all in all. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's a completely different mentality. And on top of that, 
financially, they were pretty damn generous. I've got to, like for me to answer the phone is probably why I have this fight, mm-hmm. but I'm also not afraid to let my nuts swing and that's what I do best. <laughs> so I think I'm probably a pretty good matchup, but we'll see, man. See how it goes, AH. I'm, f- I'm, I'm fired up. I can't wait. And the rules, you down with the rules? Like you're up to speed? It's a little complicated at first. You feel good about everything? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of questions I have. Like, for example, if, if, if we're scrapping, right, because I'm obviously going to tie his ass up. So if we're scrapping and I tie him up and he grabs my wrist, right, can I use my shin? Like, can I break his grip with my shin? Oh. Because that's not needing anybody. Right. I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's legal or not. Like, like I'm not needing his body. So right. I got to figure that out. Okay. Like, like um, can I step on his foot and shove him? Right. And then oh, right. coming off the, coming off, you know, like there's just different parts. Of, can I use I'll my right forearm to, right. you know, to extend on a position? I'll figure it out. I'll answer the questions, but it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, baby. Amen. Good luck to you, my man. Great to catch up. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy for you. You seem to be happy at peace. And just do me a favor before you go, Matt. You did a lot in this sport. You were a big part of the sport's history. Ultimate Fighter 10, Kimbo Slice, Montreal. I hope at some I was going to wear my Ultimate Fighter shorts, oh, dog. And sick. I could they see Ultimate Fighter on them. I was going to wear the ones that I would that I beat Marcus Jones in with the gold ones. With yes. the, uh, with the- Fighter, but they say ultimate fighter on so I can't learn. I just I didn't want, even think about it. I just want you to know, you know, we love you, man, and you are a big part of this sports history, and I hope that you have good feelings towards MMA. Don't let those fans get to you. Um, I appreciate you, and I know a lot of people do as well. So, you know, I hope you have uh, good thoughts and feelings at some point about the sport of MMA, and I hope you represent on Saturday. Good luck. What's up? Hey, I really appreciate it, brother. Thanks, my dude. All right. Talk to you soon. There he is, Matt Mitrione. How great was that? I mean, so many good feelings on this program over the past few days. Adrian Yanez on Monday. Matt Mitrion, if you are a new viewer, listener, tuner-inner of this program, this man was a big part of the show's history. Remember when he fired his agent, his manager, Malkikawa? I think it was in Indianapolis, UFC 119 off the top of my head. Regardless, he used to come on every week or so and deliver the Mitrion Minute which was a little, uh, I guess you can say it was sort of uh, a roast of the MMA community. A couple times it got a little dicey-dicey. I mean, uh, Tito Ortiz didn't like me because of things that he said. Remember when he talked about Tito? Got into a whole thing with him. Ortiz took it out on me. He was cool with Matt. Took it out on me. Go figure. Story of my life. People getting mad at me for things people say to me. Uh, This happens all the time. It's part of the gig. But he was a big part of it. And then McCorkle, you know, we should have had McCorkle call in. As a, I should have even asked him about McCorkle. I forgot. I think that uh, we were up against the clock. They're about to do a press conference in a few minutes, so I didn't want to take too much of his time. But uh, that, was, that was great. I really enjoy catching up with the old guys. As I've said before, sometimes I have survivor's guilt because I feel like they were so good to me in the early days and I'm still here doing my thing and you know some of them have moved on and I don't want him to have hard feelings towards the sport of MMA I don't think that that is uh, I mean he can he can obviously feel whichever way he wants to feel but that bumps me out because he was a big part of the sports history and you know he was on the ultimate fighter that was the uh, the 10th season that was the the most watched one ever the Kimbo Slice season that was huge now something's going on with my Wi-Fi here. So I don't know. Okay, I think I'm back on. I ran through the rules. Uh, the, the, the latest wrinkle is this team thing 
with Briggs and Quinton, Briggs being the captain of the boxing team, Quinton being the captain of the MMA team, knockouts would be awarded five points, decision victory awarded three points, a draw to each team. Oh, I see. Okay, so if there's a draw, each team will get a point, and the winning team members will each be awarded a bonus. And maybe they'll do Quinton versus Shannon. And I hear, through the grapevine, they're talking to some big names from the world of MMA, recognizable names for their next card, perhaps in February. So let's see how this goes. It's a nice little thing. I like the fact that some of these fighters are getting, you know, massive paydays. Twilight of their careers. You hope that they're healthy. You hope that there's the proper, you know, background checks and all that stuff. Um, but to hear a guy like Frank Mir say at this point in his career that he is making more money on Saturday than he has in his entire MMA career as a former UFC heavyweight champion, a guy who headlined UFC 100 against Brock Lesnar. And obviously Brock Lesnar is a big deal, but make no mistake about it. Like that was a big fight back in 2009 because of Frank Mir as well, because of the fact that he beat him in somewhat controversial fashion at UFC 81, the feud was gigantic. And isn't it crazy that old Frank Mir, who around 2010 or so was also working as an analyst for Versus on the WEC broadcast. Remember when he said that he was going to kill Brock Lesnar or something like that, and he got removed from the broadcast? Think about all the people who now say, like, it's funny, we're joking about, you know, oh, the Metro Minute would never fly in this day and age. But for some reason, you hear someone saying, like, I'm going to kill you every single day. I mean, Connor said that on the stage about the support. Now, those guys aren't working as broadcasters as well, but it does feel like we have, uh, for whatever reason said that we're okay with, I'm going to kill you because no one really believes that anyone wants to kill anyone in the cage, except for when it's Deontay Wilder for some reason. When he said that, everyone got very upset. Um, but I'm happy to see Frank doing well. And his daughter appears to be, I'm not an amateur wrestling connoisseur, a high school wrestling connoisseur, a collegiate wrestling connoisseur, an Olympic wrestling connoisseur, but she appears to be an absolute tour de force and someone who is incredibly talented, incredibly strong. And then when I saw that picture of her and Dana White, and then you hear what Frank had to say about her and, you know, what she did at the PI, feels like she's going to be a name that we're going to be talking about at 135 for many years to come. I remember when Frank would bring her and his sons to the open workouts. I remember that vividly. I remember UFC 107. I think that one, he brought his whole family there. Um, prior to the Czech Congo fight in Memphis. That was a great card, UFC 107. BJ Penn, Diego Sanchez, Kenny Florian, Clay Guida. I think John Fitch was on the card, if memory serves me correct. UFC 107 was December of 2009. At the Forum, I think? No, was it at the Forum? The FedEx Forum? Yeah, I think so. They had this duck thing at the hotel. Apparently, they do this thing in Memphis where they have ducks walking into a hotel, and there's a whole big ceremony. We went to that. Those were the days, my friends. I'm getting very old. Very, very old. I'm getting old. What can I say? I'm not 40 just yet. 39. I've reached the point where sometimes while I'll say something on Twitter, someone will do the screen grab of my age. Which, like, I don't really feel like 39 is that old. In fact, I feel like I'm 21. 
but am I now that guy? Like, can I not say certain things because I'm 39? Like, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, you're too old to be talking about this or that pro wrestling. I don't know. Who knows these days with the internet? Anyway, speaking of the internet, you know on Wednesdays. So check that out. That's Triad Combat. That's uh, on Saturday. You can get it on Fight TV, by the way. They do a great job with the pay-per-views. The quality is always great. So if you're looking for something to do Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday night, sit back, relax, enjoy some uh, Triad Combat in the triangular ring. Now, we do on the nose. And as you know, I don't read the questions beforehand. I sit here and I'm reading them. And every so often... It feels like almost every week we've been getting lately questions as such. Where's Bryce Mitchell? When's Bryce Mitchell coming back? What's up with Bryce Mitchell? Do you have an update on Bryce Mitchell? Some kind of variation of that question. And so you know what I thought? Why don't we just have Bryce Mitchell on the show? And we talk to this guy and we ask him these questions ourselves. And so without further ado, let us go to Arkansas and speak to Thug Nasty himself, the one and only Bryce Mitchell. Bryce. How are you? I'm great, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, man, it's always an honor to be on the show. Of course. It's been a long time. We haven't seen you compete in over a year, October of 2020, Halloween 2020. Where have you been? Why haven't you competed? Well, you know, for about four months, I couldn't even carry in groceries with my left hand, you know, because it was still rehabbing and everything i was training with one hand but uh you know it's not the same obviously right. and, uh, so i had to heal that hand up and then uh took quite a bit of, of months after that actually i could i could start using the hand get my full grip back and then i'm comfortable hitting with it you know but uh everything seems to be back to normal so i'm not really worried about it at all okay so you broke your hand in the andre feely fight that's right. Uh, how frustrating has it been for you to be away for so long? You're in the prime of your career. You're on some kind of roll. You can't be out there. Do you feel like you were going a bit stir crazy? Brother, that's the definition of stir crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of – I've heard a lot of fighters talk about it, being emotional and everything. And, uh, you know, that's just part of it. You know, I'm not the only person who goes through it. That's what happens, you know, when you do the cage fighting and whatnot. But – um. I, I really want to do this interview today. Uh, first off, because you always treat me like I'm something special, like I'm some type of special guest, and I don't get that a lot of places, you know. So come on, and 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 well, brother, I just like the way that uh, that your show is, how you treat the fighters and stuff. So um, I wanted to use your show to announce that I'm dropping a mixtape. What? <laughs> I wasn't expecting That's that. Right. What do you mean a mixtape? Well, it's it's gonna be some thug nasty stuff, brother. Come on, and uh, I'm I'm dropping it like it's hot. You're kidding? Are you joking with me right now? I'm absolutely serious, and uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, I've had a long time off. I've had a lot of, and I rap on the way to the gym and back a lot. So, um, you know, I've just been I've been making these songs, and uh, I'm dropping them on my YouTube channel. I got that made yesterday. The uh, YouTube channel, it's called Bryce, quote, Thug Nasty, unquote, Mitchell. Okay. So you can go to YouTube on there. And next Wednesday, because today's a Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday I'm dropping the album. My God, how It's many, a mixtape. How many songs? Seven, one for every day of the week. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. And, and so, wait a second. What inspired you to do this? 
Well, well, a lot of just bullshit, you know, in my life is what made me like making the music. And then I had a bunch of dreams about uh, different things and like just really thought about it. And then I showed some buddies and they liked it. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I wanted to do. And I'm tired of uh, of not you know, making raps, but just keeping them to myself. You know, I want to make it public. So, uh, but I've been doing it for a little while and really only my close friends know about it, but, uh, you know, I'm ready to release it. So this is fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward. To it. And, and if I could ask what's been happening in your life that kind of led you to finally do this? Well, stuff like I can tell you one dream in particular, that uh but having uh a bunch of different dreams but um this one in particular kind of relates exactly to this i could share that i'd love it if you don't mind well in, in the dream it's gonna sound stupid no. but uh basically basically i was flying around and uh i was i was fighting crime i was like flying up in the air and then i saw this guy he was getting mugged and so i come down i do some karate and then some wing chun and I take the bad guy out, you know what I'm saying? And I give the guy his money back. And then I go back and I'm flying again. Okay, so now I'm just flying and, and I'm just basically doing good for humanity. And uh, that's how the dream's going. But it's one of them dreams where it feels real. You know, I can really feel myself flying. It feels amazing. And uh, my buddy calls me Boogie. And he says, hey, what's up, brother, man? You want to chill? And I said, yeah, I'm, sure, I'll come over right now. So I go head over to Boogs. And he's in town. And so I go to swoop down and, uh, you know, keep a low profile. I didn't, nobody saw me. I just swooped in real quick. And I said, what's up, brother, man? And, uh, and uh, he said, hey, what you been doing? I said, I just been flying around. He said, you been flying? And I said, yeah, brother, I've been flying. And uh, he says, you kidding me? And then a couple other people in the room heard it. And I said, yeah, man, I've been flying all day. It's nothing to it. And, uh, and he said, uh, man, we got to see this shit. And then everybody in the room heard it, too. So now you got a whole room full of people looking at me saying I can't fly. And I said, all right, come on, y'all y'all check this out. So I said, come on outside. And I went up on top of the roof for some the tallest shit that I could find. I think it was a roof. And uh, I was like, all right, y'all ready? And I jumped off and I fucking hit the ground. And right before I hit the ground, I caught myself and kind of rolled, you know. And everybody was laughing at me, and uh, it was it was so embarrassing, man. And like I said, the dream felt real. And then uh, I did it again. I got up on the second time, and I and I fucking jumped again, and I hit the ground and I rolled. And now everybody's hysterical. They're saying I'm crazy. I've been hitting the head too many times. And uh, so I get up there the third time, and this time I jumped and I didn't go to catch myself. You know what I'm saying? I just held firm and I prepared to hit the ground. And right before I got to the ground, I started hovering and I floated up and everybody gasped and I fucking took off and that was it. And I went back to fighting crime and it was a great dream after that. But I woke up right after that. Really, I was covered in sweat. And I mean, it was like it was an intense dream. Wow. And I felt like um, and I've had a lot of dreams. Um but that was one that I felt related to this. It was, uh, you know, it kind of had like a message in there, I think. What do you think the message is? 
you know, don't be afraid to fly, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you hit the ground, just don't even be afraid of it. Holy smokes. And is this a reoccurring dream? No, that one's only happened once. Okay. But you have a lot of dreams. I've had some damn good ones, brother. <laughs> uh, do, do you ever talk to anyone about them? Uh, I don't think me. I've ever told anybody that one. Really? Uh, I've had another one that pertains to fighting. Uh, well, I've had a lot. For, I mean, I, I, I can't even talk about one of them because I want it to be a surprise. Interesting. What What do you mean by a surprise? Like, how, how will you reveal this? In one of the songs? Uh, no, not in the songs. It was about a fight. I had a dream about a fight, but I don't want to go around saying I had a, a dream how the fight's going to go. Um, but I, I did, kind of. I had a dream about me fighting and, and stuff. So I have a lot of dreams, and I, I think that they have meaning to them. When, when you're dreaming about fighting, are you fighting specific opponents? Sometimes. Okay, like people that are legit fighters, not just like a faceless yeah. guy. Okay, interesting. Is yeah, there? Sometimes, I, usually I end up dying. <laughs> dying? I mean, not, not dying, but getting beat like pretty much like to the point of overturn. <laughs> you know, like it's a bad thing. Whoa. Yeah, I have a lot of those. So. What do you think's up with that? It's just uh, mentally preparing myself, I believe. Is this something that you would, you know, experience, dream about before the injury, or is this just in the past year? Well, this is all through my fight career. Oh, I mean, wow. ever since I started fighting, you know, you you just have dreams that the dude's going to kill you, you know? Yeah. Does it make you nervous? No. It. But I wake up in like a, a real different type of mood when I have one of those dreams. You know what I mean? It it sends a tone for the rest of the day, how the rest of the day is going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to work accordingly. You know what I mean? Like, would you say it's a bad mood or it's just like you're a little bit on edge? I'd say on edge. On edge. I wouldn't say bad mood, though, but I'd say just kind of get you, get you focused. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so why do you think the dreams led to you saying, hey, I need to put out the mixtape? Is it because, like, basically, I don't want to be afraid to share this? I need to – like, that's basically you flying, right? You putting this out there? That's right. That's right. It. You know, it's – yeah. I love it. And uh, have you been listening to rap music your, your, your whole life? Like, were you a big fan growing up? Oh, yeah. I love it, brother. And uh, <laughs> I probably you – know, there's a bunch of rappers that I like, but – uh, some of the shit that you hear on the radio these days, you know, I just really don't like it. Yeah. That's another reason that I wanted to make my own. Uh, I don't rap about my chain. I don't rap about any hoes or killing anybody. So, um, who are who are some of your favorites from back in the day? Like, who are well, some inspirations? I, you know, I'm gonna get criticized. For, I could tell you my top three. Let's I hear will. It. Let's hear it. And I'm not saying that these are the greatest rappers of all time. Your personal it, you get, this is just my personal preference, yeah. you know. And there's a lot of rappers I ain't even heard about on the underground or way back in the eighties and nineties. I don't even know their names. Okay. But I can tell you I like um I like Kevin Gates, mm -hmm. I like Young Jeezy, and I like Gucci Mane. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. All right. Uh, and is that your favorite type of music? Like, or are you also a fan? Because I, I, I must say, I, I thought you were more of a country guy, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't mean to typecast you, but this is throwing me for a bit of a loop. And I love it. I love everything about it.
I like country music too. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I like a little bit of everything. Okay. Have you ever heard, uh, shoot, there's some good screamo shit out there. There's one screamo. So I don't do a lot of that screamo stuff, but there is one song. It's kind of screamo. It's called, uh, uh, bullet for my Valentine's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm yeah, not familiar with from, screamos. What I think it's screamos? bullet. I mean, these dudes are screaming. Oh, I mean, it's not, it's not country. It's not rap. These guys are, it's like hard rock and they're screaming into the mic. And I think it's called bullet for my Valentine's. Wow. And, uh, yeah, good, good song though. You need to look that one up. It's good. Uh, would it be putting? I'm just. I have to say, I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by the idea of you rapping. Would it be putting you on the spot to get a little preview here? I mean, could you can you spit some bars for us, or is that too much? Man, I ain't got no freestyles. I okay. do paid styles though. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, well played, well played, well played, and well paid. Um, so this is coming out next Wednesday. A week from today. Yes, sir. Do you have a name? Yes, sir. Do you have a name? Do you have like a rap name? Thug Nasty. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world, yeah. And is there a name for the album? Shoot, I ain't got one yet. Okay. Uh, I've named a couple of the songs on there. So, uh, but not even all the songs have names yet, but they're all done. They're all recorded. It's ready to go. Wow. When, when did you record these? Uh, well, I've been working with, uh, my dude, his name is the Joker Okay. and, uh, Kev, he works in Little Rock. And, uh, so if anybody needs some, uh, some music production type stuff, you just go to Kev, Kev will hook you up. And, uh, you know, me and him, we've been in the studio just cooking. And how long ago did you record these? About three weeks. Uh, I've had the whole thing done. And it probably took me about three, I don't know, two months when I actually started recording it, you know. And it probably took me about, the the oldest song on there is over a year old, a year and a half. Okay. But when I first wrote the song, I didn't know I was dropping the mixtape. I just wrote the song, uh, well, song number one. You listen to song number one and you'll know exactly why I wrote it. Interesting. Okay. Can you tell us why and, now and or no? So, well, here's song number one, brother. Okay. Just go in there, put song number one. Yeah. And that's why I started. That's why the mixtape started right there. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be a mixtape, but after that, I felt like I was on a roll. So, boom, number two, boom, number three, boom, number four. <laughs> I just kept putting out hitters. <laughs> this is amazing. One for every day of the week and one on Sunday. The seventh song is called Glory to God. Oh. That's one for Sunday right there, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I fight hard my job all that glory goes to god i fight hard and that's my job all that glory goes to god there we go there's that's the it. there's the little freestyle right there a little that's, hey, that's a freestyle right there brother <laughs> but really that's all that's material i'm already gonna release okay. that's nothing new that's just a sneak peek of what you got respect respect um and could, could, could i ask uh, are you going to walk out to your music like when you return you're gonna walk out to your music uh if i made a song specifically for that in the future um i'm not opposed to it but i really like other people's music oh. a whole bunch and already have uh walkout songs picked out in my head that i want to walk out to okay so uh maybe but probably not last thing on the rapping uh do you, do you rap about fighting oh yeah okay interesting wow this is fascinating i, I had no idea it's not the why. I, it's, it's honestly not the reason why I had you on the show today. Uh, so I appreciate the little nugget. And again, it's uh, 
You said Bryce, quote, Thug Nasty, quote, Mitchell, uh-huh. YouTube. And is that YouTube page up already? Yes, sir. Okay. And on Wednesday of next week, so I think that's December 3rd or maybe, no, maybe December 1st, that's when you're going to drop it. The whole thing, all seven. All seven, brother. I like it. I like it. Now, I also have been seeing you tweet a lot. Hey, UFC, I'm ready. What's going on? I'm ready. I mean, you've been doing this back in October. I've seen you tweet. Why is it taking so long to get you back in there? Uh, they were trying to find me an opponent, and then they kind of did, and then it kept getting pushed back because they already had the uh, dates that they wanted okay. filled up. And so, you know, it's just taking a little while. But um, it's I've been told I can't say anything because <laughs> I've all I've done is verbally agree. Okay. And I can tell you that I've verbally agreed, and it's coming up soon if – they verbally agree, but uh, I don't know if they have. I don't even know if the dude's healthy or not. You know, it, I don't know anything about what's going on on the opponent's end, but uh, I verbally agreed, and they're going to find me something here soon, and uh, they're working with me, so I appreciate it. You know, I'm not trying to rush them. Big name? I mean, you know this guy? hmm You like the matchup? I do. Okay. Uh, and I'm assuming it would be in the new year, right? I mean, they're pretty much full for the rest of this year. Right, right, of course. Yeah, that's the issue that we've been having. They're so booked, you know, so that's that's why I'm not um, wanting to release it yet because yeah. I don't want to put any pressure on them. I don't want to rush it. I, got I don't you. want to spook them. I don't want to spook them and lose it, you know what I'm saying? And, I feel you. You know, you can't spook them. <laughs> you feel like you've been sort of forgotten about in the division. Like, do you feel like people aren't talking about you because of this time off? Uh, definitely, but it don't bother me. I've been training just like always. Okay. Um, and this name, is he a, a rank guy, like someone who puts you right back in the mix? So, yeah, yeah, puts me up oh, in the mix, brother. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. I like right that. Right up. Yeah. I love it. Uh, January, February or so, is that what we're looking at? Can't say. Okay. I've been hit too many times, I can't remember. I know, I know. It's like state secrets over <laughs> here. That's crazy. Now, the one question a lot of people, because obviously you haven't fought in 2021, uh, the question that I think a lot of people have been wondering, what's up with the shorts? You fought so hard to get the camo shorts. Reebok finally made you the shorts. UFC okayed it. And then Reebok split. And now we've got Venom. So is Venom going to make you some camo shorts? Uh, I believe so. Um, the, re- the reason that I have the faith is I believe that Dana's going to make it happen. Okay. He said that. Uh, you know, I could have whatever camo I wanted, so I'm pretty sure that he's going to get it done. Okay. Have you asked yet? I mean, think about it. Think about who was the first sport to come back from all the uh, corona stuff. Right. It was it was UFC. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just MMA. It was UFC. Because when, when he wants some shit done, it gets done. Gets you know it. what I'm saying? So you're confident it'll get done. Have you seen any pictures, any mock-ups, uh-huh. anything like that? Well, it's going to be same uh, design, so okay. it's going to look just the same. Probably just say Venom instead. Yeah. Did you like the ones that they made for you, Reebok? Loved them. Okay. Did you just get one? I did. Yeah, Come I only got on. one. They couldn't make you like five or something but to train in? They, actually, they did. They sent me uh, seven of them in the mail. Oh. I think. Okay. I think. I think one, I kept one and fought in them, and then the other six went to my uh, corners, and then one of my managers, 
uh, to my manager and then one to uh, first round management. Yeah. And because uh, they, you know, they help link all that shit up. Sure. And uh, and then two to the guys at Realtree. So, okay. hey. I feel yeah. like, uh, you know, if there's ever an MMA Hall of Fame, not just a UFC Hall of Fame, but like I feel like those shorts need to be in the MMA Hall of Fame. I would gladly do it. Hey, I mean, that would be an honor. Yeah, oh my God. I would love to do that. You you deserve to be in there. I mean, you really, uh, you made some change happen. I'm glad somebody, you Of course. (laughs) I like that. Now, you know, in the past, Bryce, uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, your your culinary favorites, right? I mean, the squirrel soup is one that we've talked about in the past. Of course, brother. There's nothing wrong with a good squirrel stew, squirrel noodle stew. You're not having that right now, are you? No, not right now. Okay, I do okay. have some in the fridge. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm just curious with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, what does the typical Thanksgiving feast look like at, at your house? So we got the mashed taters, the turkey, the ham, the baked beans, uh, green bean casserole, deviled eggs, uh, the dressing too. And let me tell you, everything's good, but the dressing, I'm telling you, is, is uh, on another level. Really? I'm telling you right now. And uh, my aunt really is the only one that knows how to make it. And uh, my papa called me the other day and he said, uh, you don't know how to make that dressing. Your mom don't know how to make that dressing. None of your cousins know how to make that dressing. I mean, something happens to my aunt. This whole civilization, humanity, <laughs> is is at a loss. Because I'm telling you, because I also want to open restaurants one day. And... Uh, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to do when I got into cattle is use that surplus in into a, a restaurant. You know what I mean? And if I could have uh, the dressing, I'm telling you, brother, I could open a chain of restaurants with this uh, dressing. You'd kill it. And so, kill it. And we got pies, uh, chocolate pie, pecan pie, uh, and there's two others. I can't remember. Uh, coconut and a pumpkin. Wow. Yeah. No apple. No apple pie, no, sir. Okay. Now, so, uh, I mean, most of those, you know, items that you mentioned, pretty traditional. So there's nothing, there's no squirrel, there's no rabbit, there's no none of that. All my family don't eat game. Oh, okay. Yeah, Papa and Mom, uh, my aunt will, she'll eat it. Okay. Uh, my cousins, they'll eat it. I saw uh, recently, I think it was like your dog had a, a rabbit and you're like, oh, I'm making some stew. <clears throat> So, like, the dog just gets the rabbit and brings it home? She did that day, brother. It was my lucky day. I woke up, walked out the door, and there's a rabbit there. Jeez, Louise. And you cooked it that night? Well, I got it in the freezer. I just, I was so busy, I cleaned it right there. Yeah, and then I threw it in the freezer. It's still there. (laughs) That is. And then what about those critters that you posted about? I saw some pictures of critters. What what were those things? And you said you Oh, some crawdads. What is that? Crawdads. It's crawdads. What is that? Crawl dads. I never heard of that. Little mud bugs. <laughs> and how do you cook them? You boil them up with some seasoning. Okay. And uh, they're they're real good. But I kind of uh, exhausted my supply. Like I fished them out. Like I had hundreds of them, brother. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Where were they? Yeah, I'm just. They were in these ditches. I've got these ditches uh, around my place. They're actually they're a hazardous. They drop down like three foot. But I want to do a French drain. And uh, always have like a hundred projects going, so my French train is going to take me forever to do. Right. But uh, I started fishing crawdads out of these ditches. Wow! And uh, yeah, 
And, uh, you know, one day I'll fill them back in and put a, a nice French drain. But for now, I'm just fishing crawdads out of them. And uh, what does it taste like? Well, if you do it right, it's spicy. Okay. You're still in this. Uh, I, I mean, it looks familiar behind you. That's that's the same trailer as before, or is this a different one? No, same same place. Life is good? Look, life is great. You got the gym, right? I saw you, you, uh, you got a little gym for yourself. You were looking for some map people to hook you up. Yes, if we do another interview, I think I'm going to do it in the uh, gym. Uh, right now, I'm working on the wall. I got to have a six-foot-tall wall. It's got to be 15 by 20, and it's going to be a 90-degree corner. And, uh, you know, that's it's going to be padded on half of it. Okay. Um, I also see that the University of Arkansas, the, the basketball team, Eric Musselman, they, they treat you like a king over there, like you're a real big deal now. Yeah, I, you know, I want to thank everybody that's had my back. Uh, you know, over the last 10 years, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, shoot, I'm, I'm happy about how everything's going. Have you been following MMA in your hiatus? Yeah, I follow it. I, I like watching it. Uh, I missed the uh, Usman and um, Covington fights the other night. I missed those. I was hunting. Okay. What were you hunting? Deer. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if you've been watching the top of your division and what do you think of, you know, the recent fights? There have been some great fights there. I think that I can beat everybody. Volkanovski? And I want to, I, yes. And I want a title shot. How soon? And I'm ready to earn it. I'm, I'm ready to earn it. If they don't think I deserve it, that's, that's fine. But give me whoever they got to get, you know, to give me to the title. I could win it right now. Really? There's no sense in waiting. Yeah, there's no sense in waiting. I, I could do it right now. That's right. You watch Volkanovski. You watch Max Holloway, Brian Ortega. Yeah, year these guys, you say, I can beat these guys right now. That's right. That's confidence. Yeah. That's been facts. It is, brother. I mean, have you always felt this way? Or do you feel like you've had like this epiphany in your hiatus? You know what? I'm tired of the slow build. I need to fight the top dogs. What are we wasting time for? I could fight the champion right now. Did you have that epiphany recently or have you felt this way even before the hiatus? I've felt it for a long time, you know. But uh, she, it's not like the feeling has got has gone like this. Yeah. It's more it's gotten, you know what I'm saying? Like over time, it just builds up. Damn. So you think this time next year, would you be comfortable in saying you're either a champion already or you're about to fight for the belt? Right. Yeah. Anything less will be a disappointment. Absolutely. Man, two more wins. That's it. That's it. Two more wins gets you the title shot or two more wins and you're a champion? Give me the title shot. Two big wins. Now, they can't be shitty wins. It's two big wins. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it all starts January, February or so against... I was trying to... It's going to be crazy. That's all I got to say. It's going to be crazy. Well, I can't wait. Fourth of July is coming early. It's going to be fireworks, brother. Okay, wow. This is amazing. Uh, and not only that, we find out that you're you're a rapper. You've got a mixtape coming out next Wednesday on the YouTube channel, Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell. 
Um, we got a little taste there. I, I could spit bars too. I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't be found when I be dropping these mockeries. Literally performed armed robberies. Flee when they lie to me. Got to be they got to me. What do you think of that? Battle scars, shogun. Explosion when my pen hits. Tremendous. Ultraviolet sound for forensics. I expect you to the future see millennium. I could do it too. We could do a, we could do a collabo. Now you're talking. Hey, I just had I just had an epiphany. Thug nasty and thug nose come together. I'm thug nose. I don't know if you know this. We come together for a collabo, spin bars on people. I think that get my street cred up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about your street. My street cred for sure. <laughs> a little Can Am connection. A little Canadian American connection. If you know what I'm saying. Hey brother, I'm down. All right. We'll I can tell you got it in you. You got the dog in you. Oh. You just let it out, out off the leash right there. That's right. Ten sevens all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, put that dog back on the leash. Don't hurt <laughs> nobody, man. All right. And uh, what do we got the rest of the day? I see you rocking the overalls over there. We going to work outside or what? Well, I'll let you in on the scoop. Okay, and well. I, I, I don't want to celebrate uh, too early because I hate doing that. But I'm going to look at a truck today. And uh, it's it's used and it's beat up and it's it's right up my alley. You know, it's uh, a lot high mileage. Uh, it's F three fifty, seven point three. It's got the IDI, so it's not that Power Stroke. You know, new stuff. Mm -hmm. It's from ninety one, and uh, you know, it's it's got one hundred sixty thousand miles on the engine. Now, I don't know if the engine's been rebuilt or what, but we're going to talk about that. But uh, manual you know oh damn so um i gotta drive about three and a half hours to go do that and my good buddy dan goff is uh helping me out because he's gonna get me to ride up there and then i'm gonna drive it back oh oh, oh. dude it's <laughs> all right technical difficulty all good all good. i think I'm, you're still here but, uh I'm, I'm looking at a truck and the reason being is because me and my buddy jojo we got cows and Anytime anything ever needs pulled, I'd call JoJo. And, man, I just don't want to get on his nerves calling him all the time in the future. And uh, this truck will be able to pull what I need to be able to pull. Well, that's fantastic. All right. Well, I'll let you go do that. Good luck. I hope it's Thank to you. your liking. Uh, we've revealed a lot here today, Bryce. This has been fantastic. I hope you know this. Um, I don't know if you heard at the beginning. People keep asking me about you. Every week on this show, the fans write in. What's up with Bryce? Where's Bryce? Update on Bryce. Well, now we got it all. Mixtape, fight in the new year, title shot, new truck, Thanksgiving, the sauce, the restaurants. We've covered it all. So well done, my man. Great to have you on, and we'll talk to you very soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Man, thank you so much, and thanks, First Round Management, um, Matt Weibel, uh, Kev the Joker, of course, all my coaches, my teammates, and everybody, all my friends and family. Thank y'all so much, and I hope y'all like the mixtape. And thank you for spreading the word for me, brother. I will. I will check it out. I can't wait. Thank you, Bryce. Good luck with it. All right. Bye bye. Thank all you. All right. There he is, Thug Nasty. That came to me right in the moment. Thug Nasty, Thug Nose, Spitting Bars. He's got a mixtape coming out. I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can be found when I be dropping these. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of that? I respected it. Frankie, what'd you think of that? I respected yeah, it. I mean, I mean, I gotta tell you, that was on the spot right there. You want, you know, you want some second round knockouts, some can I bust? What do you want? I could do a lot.
I mean, I grew up, I mean, we all know that I can quote the greatest of diss tracks of all time, hit them up, get out the way, yo, get out the way, yo. Biggie Smalls just got dropped. Remember that? Lest we forget about that, that's where Thug Nose was born. I mean, that was an incredible appearance right there by Thug Nasty. I love the fact that there might be some new, you know, viewers of the show who are not familiar with Bryce Mitchell and now have probably said, oh my gosh, this is an insane situation. This guy from Arkansas dropping a mixtape in a week? I mean, what's better than that? What is better than that? I can't wait to hear it. I'm excited. I wish it was today. Can we fast forward to next Wednesday? That's very exciting stuff. All right. Uh, thank you very much to Bryce Mitchell. Hope to see him back. Hey, we've had a lot of people say they, they, they've called their shot on this program in the last few weeks, saying this time next year I'm champion, I'm fighting for the belt. Put that one on the list as well. Bryce Mitchell saying this time next year he is either fighting for the belt, about to fight for the belt, or champion already two wins. He's fighting for the belt. So hopefully we get to see him back in there sooner rather than later. Now, very excited to talk to our next guest. He made history not that long ago. Three straight appearances. We had to leave him alone after the fight. You know, out of respect, we, 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 we put in too many asks. But uh, I wanted to have him on because I think some big things are happening in his life. And this seems like a great time to have him on before it gets a little trickier to have him on the program. I'll explain in a moment. For now, though, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to hangman Dan Hooker, who's joining us from Las Vegas. He's still there. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm well. Yes, I am still uh, I'm still in the beautiful Las Vegas. Uh, you are a world-renowned fighter. You're a very popular fighter. Uh, dare I say podcaster as well now? You're back? Oh, Host of a bit of a shit show. Nah, yeah. me and Oscar just uh, <laughs> me and Oscar just get together and have, have a couple of beers in a pub. There's not uh, not too much to it. Yeah, I like it. It's you and uh, Oscar Willis of the Mac Life. It's very entertaining. It feels to me like he gets a little more drunk than you do. If I'm being honest, uh, you keep it together. He keeps he keeps he keeps scheduling it like midday midweek. Yeah, and it's like, bro, I gotta come on. I still gotta <laughs> I still gotta train. You know what I mean? Like if we do it. We do it after training. It might be a bit of a different story, but uh, yeah, midweek, mid. I'm still, I'm still a fighter. You know, you still can't, can't be taking those days off to to get on the beers. Of course. And is there a third episode coming out this week? Yeah, we're gonna run another one uh, tomorrow. So okay. we'll get it done. We'll get it done Thanksgiving Day. A little Thanksgiving special. Do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving in New Zealand? No, we do not. Okay, uh, I figured. Will you celebrate it this year because you're in the states? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I'll go around to a, uh, a friend of ours, Pat's. So we we'll go around to his house and, uh, yeah, experience it. We might, I've done one before at uh, Nate Marquardt. I went with Neil Magny and uh, we went around to Nate Marquardt's house for Thanksgiving um, 2014. So this will be my, my, my second Thanksgiving. What were you doing? So that was in Colorado? Yeah, yeah I was just training. Um, we're training at uh, Team Elevation. I just went over. Went over for a few months and, and stayed at uh, Neil Magny. Let me, let me stay at his house for a couple of months, and we just got some training in. Oh, I didn't know you did that. That's pre-UFC, right? 2014? No, nah, no. Nah, I was uh, 
was 2014. Oh, no, it would have been 2015. No, no, I, was okay. in the, I was in the UFC. Been in there for a while. Sure, I know, man. Time is flying. Time is flying. <laughs> um, the reason – okay, so like I was alluding to, wanted to get you in because, correct me if I'm wrong, are, are, we, are we heading back home soon? No, we got a voucher. Um, I got a voucher for early January. So January, oh. I'm um, January, I'm back uh, back in New Zealand. So you want you got the lottery thing? You 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 got through? I did. I did. It was pretty because uh, I hadn't been under like the number ten thousand um, in any of the previous ones. But now I got it bang on. I got like the five hundreds in the queue, so I got to pick the date I wanted and everything. So I'm 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 back, baby. I now, can't wait. Why January though? Why not sooner? Uh well I got a trip to I got a trip to New York booked to see some of, see my wife's family over there in, in in New York so I'll be out in there uh spend spend Christmas in New York so I wasn't gonna pass that up and also uh Brad Riddell fights on the fourth of December mm-hmm. so we'll be over here and it'll be cool to you know help him out and jump in his corner and then uh Kai Kai's fighting. Cody, yeah, big fight, uh, and looks like yeah, that's a big fight. Like whenever that looks like they get a title shot, so I'm I'm hanging around for the boys' fights. So just been just been killing time the last few weeks here in Las Vegas. But yeah, Brad Dell's fight, uh, Kai's fight, Christmas in in New York, and then shoot off back to New Zealand. Not bad. Uh, your family's now with you, right? You've you've reunited. Yeah, yeah. Now they came over um, after the fight. So yeah, it's been cool. Just been um, chilling in Vegas, showing them around. Uh, been down all the all the touristy stuff. Show them the strip, um, but now it is like it's got a pretty bad rep, Vegas. But now it's a pretty uh, pretty like family friendly place once you once you um, find out where to look. Right. Is there any part of you that's like I kind of like this life here? Maybe we should relocate. Um, like we'll see because obviously that decision of of where you live is. Um, like dictated by where you train and, and obviously I train in New Zealand. City kickboxing is in Auckland in New Zealand. So it's, you know, for as long as I'll, I'll be um, fighting and competing, then I'll obviously have to live where uh, my gym is. It seems like the latest is if things don't open up, uh, the move isn't to move to the U.S. It's to train with Volkanovski and his team at, uh, you know, at their gym in Australia, right? Uh, looks like stuff's looks like stuff's um, starting to open up. Like oh. they announced, uh, yeah, yeah. So they announced April, like open open to the world. Like people people will be wow. able to um, fly in without. Uh, they can just do at home quarantine, so they don't have to like the lottery system. Yeah. As of yeah, as of like April, the lottery system will be done with in New Zealand. So I feel like like the way that the the position that I feel like I'm in now is that we've we've kind of made it like we can we can see the finish line now especially you know being uh like an international fighter competing through the pandemic has not been uh it's not been easy with all, all you know all the different lockdowns and and inability to travel and get into different countries so i feel like we've made it you know i feel like um push through put the bullet down and and we're finally can see the finish line and, and looks like things that will get back to normal where we can train, we can travel with our team, um, we can get home and things like that. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. By the way, when you go home in January, you guys are going to have to do the two-week hotel thing with your with your young daughter? I do. 
uh, one week. One week. So now it's now it's like like I do a week and then another three days at home. So it's like ten days, but it's not not two weeks. I can do one week. One week's not too bad. Two weeks. Two weeks is a bit much for me. So being in Vegas, obviously you get the uh, the PI right at your disposal. It seems like you've been there a lot, just seeing on social media. That has to be an amazing thing, right? I mean, just having the the luxury of the the trainers there, the facility, the food, not bad. Happy with it? Oh man, like things things run so like it's a it's a tight ship there. Like things run real smooth. So it's been it's been real good. Met some like very good people or people I knew, but. Um, you just get to work a bit, a bit closer with them, being being in Vegas and going through there every day, and and just using the facilities. Um, but yeah, like I feel like uh, I feel like getting back to work. I feel like it's been I feel like I've been on holiday while I, while I've been here in Vegas. Um, I, I feel like I need to get back to work. Can't wait to get back to New Zealand and, and be with my team and train and get in the gym and and grind it out again. That's 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 what I've been missing. You made a lot of noise on Monday. Uh, you posted this video of you stepping on a scale, and it said 145. What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I made the weight. That wasn't that that um, that like wasn't for me. I know, I know, I can make the weight. Um, that's to try to convince. Try to convince a few people that need convincing. That's to. Uh, uh, <laughs> Obviously, like my coaches, my coaches were not uh, that keen on me going back to to forty five. But you know, that's me stepping on a scale and and to be honest, making it look making it look pretty easy. Uh, if I'm being honest, you know, it's just from when I was there in the past until where I am now. Um, just obviously the the science and the people that are a part of the UFC, like Charles. The angry dietitian. There's the fight dietitian um, that I work very closely with, and Clint, and the people at the PI um, have all been just. It's been smooth sailing. That took me. That took me all uh, two weeks to get down and and cut to that weight. So if I can do it in two weeks on holiday, you give me a fight like this is. as a whole different story. What weight did you start at at the beginning of the two weeks? I'm there. So. I'm not gonna get too too far into weights, but it's um I'm the exact same weight as that I walk around at okay. at lightweight. So I just to to make lightweight is um to put a plane as a piece of piss. Like I can make lightweight. I can make lightweight tomorrow if I wanted to. I can go sit in the sauna and make lightweight this afternoon. Um to get down to lightweight, I just diet for about a week and then step on a scale and that's that's me at lightweight. Um to get to featherweight, just diet down and and do like a a proper cut. You know what I mean? And and it's something I haven't I haven't had to do since I was back at featherweight. So it's it's not um it's just kind of doing what everyone else is doing. That's 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 all it is. So in other words, you want your next fight to be at featherweight? Uh that's a that's a strong possibility. That's a strong possibility. There's a lot. Of, look, the problem was I didn't really ask anyone. I just uh, <laughs> talked. <laughs> I just kind of talked to um, Jordy and Charles, you know, my dietitians, and that was it. Really, I just talked to them and and just went along and and got the job done and did it. I didn't um, 
yeah, now it's now it's I haven't even talked to the UFC about it, so it's um maybe maybe Sean Shelby seen it, maybe he hasn't. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like by I mean every site posted that video, reposted that video. So unless he's like completely shut off from the internet, I, I'm <laughs> certain that he has seen it. So it was it basically you are interested in doing this, and your coaches were like, "Eh, we don't really love this idea." So you just wanted to prove to them that you could do it rather easily. That's that's pretty much the situation. And what prompted you to feel like? Why do you want to do this? Um. Well, for one, like it's just, you know, you're, it's just an advantage that I haven't been um, capitalizing on, if I'm being honest. Well, there's like, there's a number of things, there are a number, there's a number of advantages that I haven't been capitalizing on, um, but that's, that's just one of them. So it's kind of moving forward and, and learning from the past, you have to make adjustments for, for the future. And that's just one of them. Getting back, working with my team, that travel opening up to the world, being able to, you know, the, I'm excited for the future. I feel like featherweight is the weight class that I can really thrive at, and it's um, it's a weight class where I can really capitalize on on all of my advantages. But yeah, it's on on the same turn. I get to back, get back to New Zealand, and in the future I'll be training with the and going into fights with a full camp, traveling with my full coaching staff. And then competing at um, a weight class that I feel pretty content with and pretty comfortable with. So I'm I'm definitely excited for the future. Did the way in which the Makhachev fight went, did that lead you to this conclusion? That did you feel like, all right, I'm better off? Um, no, nah, like I I tried to go um, I tried to go at the start of the year. I, well, I went to my coaches at, at the start of the year and kind of floated the idea. Um, past Eugene and, and Andre and Twist and it was um, it was shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So Why don't they like this, it? No, nah, it's just I guess I guess from the past, um, when I used to make when I used to make the weight, you know, but it's day and night, like the the advancements in um, you know the the UFC, the PI wasn't even a thing right. <laughs> when I used to when I used to um, Make featherweight like uh, now you get into fight week. The PI makes all your meals. Like dietitians are looking after you. Like the weight cuts are, you know, it's it's just general knowledge now. Um, kind of how we used to do it back when I was at, um, fighting in that weight class was kind of a bit more of a bit more of a guessing game. And and from now, like, well, let's just say people that we now consider idiots used to be considered you know geniuses at the time there was a lot of people now that were like man that guy had why was he the number one weight cut specialist in the world the guy didn't know what he was talking about like now the advancements in, in like the science of it is is day and night looking back on that fight i feel like i know the answer to the question but i'm still gonna ask it anyway do you regret taking the fight against Mahachev? nah 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 i don't regret i don't regret taking the fight like it 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 just, it just is what it is. It just, it just is what it is. Did he surprise you? Did his strength surprise you? The ground game? Did anything about him surprise you? Nah, nah. It was just um, like it's, it's very. It's just, I say it is what it is because it's, it's almost. Um, 
like it's it it's hard to explain. I'm just explaining what happened. Yeah. Like I was taken down um, and submitted. Like obviously, and should have done more submission grappling. Like it's it's blatantly obvious what it is. And and like people know the situation. I don't need I don't need to sit here and make up any kind of excuses. Like people people know the situation. There's no there's no need to explain it. Sure, but sure. it's not it's, it's what like reflecting on that and dwelling on that and sitting on that and beating yourself over something that is what it is is, is not kind of worth the time it's um you gotta look at the future and, and how you can get yourself back into the positions that you want to be in or you feel like you should be competing in. would it be fair to say that he's one of the stronger people you've ever fought it feels like he's really strong. Nah, I just made some. I just made some like uh, dumb mistakes. It's okay. less of like him as more, more of like just, just mistakes. Mistakes that I, I wouldn't have made had I, um, yeah. Full camp. You was that's what you're. You're not trying to make excuses, but but like th- these are natural. You you were. I mean, you were in a really tough spot. It is what it is. Yes, it, is it, it is what I know, it is. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to. I don't want to make excuses. Like, I gotta say it. I gotta yeah. explain it. Like no, it is what it is. I got you. I got you. I felt for you because of everything that you've been through, and I know you agreed to take the fight, but you went back to Abu Dhabi, and I feel like you never want to go back to Abu Dhabi ever again. I mean, can we forget about I'm Abu never Dhabi? Going back. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with that place. That's it. We're done. No I am never going back. <laughs> That place is terrible to me. <laughs> um, but then, in addition to all of that, I mean, poor Dan is in there. You're obviously upset. You just lost a fight, and you got Hasbula in your face. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was annoyed watching that. You must have been incredibly annoyed. Nah, that's like you just gotta. That's that's part of losing. That's part of losing. You gotta. Take, I mean, there isn't Hasbula your... on Habib's shoulders nah, you gotta, in your face. Come on, you gotta take your looks. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta you gotta take your looks. Ain't nothing you can do about it. I would have done the same. Had I won, I would have pulled up do up there. I would have been carrying around the octagon. I would have been dancing with him and having fun. Like it, it is what it is. All right, fair enough. Did he say anything to you? No, nah, he was actually pretty respectful. I was expecting him to take a swing like he does at everyone else. Right. But no, nah, he, uh, he was actually pretty respectful. Did you meet Abdul? Yeah, yeah, he came out back. Uh, he came out back before the fight and, and um, wished me luck and stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> at that point, are you like, what is going on here? I mean, this is just surreal stuff. It was very, it was very, <laughs> that, whole, that whole situation was kind of... <laughs> boggling my mind yes uh you handled it very well you have reached a point i feel like in your career like you've reached that sort of i i i think you would agree like you know like there were some fighters like i think of cerrone it doesn't matter if he wins or loses people love him people want to watch him i feel like you've reached that point i feel like you taking that fight regardless of the result made you so much more popular and no one cared that you Lost, don't care if you like obviously if you would want it been a huge deal, but you've reached a certain point now in your career that people love you and respect you and want to be a fan of yours and want to watch you fight regardless of the result of the fight. That's rarefied air. Do you agree with that that statement? Um that's not particularly a position that I would like to be in. I don't want to be known <laughs> not just as a, a guy who I don't want to be known like that, like move, like moving forward. Um you want to be you like you you know what you're capable of and you want to be known as as the best that's that's all there is to it you want to be known as the best fighter in the world so it's how how do i get myself back into that um kind of position 
and I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not saying that you are a loser or someone who's okay with losing, <clears throat> but there's a certain class of fighters who it doesn't seem like when they lose their stock drops or the fans think less of them, like they just love you regardless. You know what I mean? I don't know if you feel that, but I sense that about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I do appreciate that. I, I feel like you're not comfortable with that statement, but I, I, I feel like it's a compliment. I know you want to go on a 10-fight winning streak. Um, in a perfect world, considering everything in your life, when when makes sense to get back? Because you just said like you kind of want to get back in there. You want to train. You want to you know get a camp. But with everything in, in the world and where you, know, you are in the, the world and the country that you're from, realistically, is it, does it have to be post-April? Nah, it'll be um, be before April. Jeez, okay. I'm not sitting around till then. Oh. Nah, um, <laughs> I'll be back in New Zealand. Be back in New Zealand in in January. I just need uh, a couple of months. January, February, man, March, March, April. Okay, let's get in there. So not let's that easy there. card. Let's maybe see. in February. February, nah, because I'll be getting out of like the isolation. Yeah, like mid, uh, late. Yeah, late, late January. So I don't want to get out and train for like two weeks and be in the exact same position <laughs> that I've been in every other fight. Has there been a gym in Vegas? There are a ton of great ones that has been sort of home for you. Yeah, yeah I've been working at um, Syndicate. My, my coach, my wrestling coach, Frank Eckman, is um, the wrestling coach down at, down at Syndicate MMA. Um, so I've been, I've been going down there and, and just doing his class every day. And uh, do you feel like they've welcomed you? you? You don't feel like an outsider there? You feel oh, like yeah, for sure. Like, there's a, no, no, definitely not. Like, Syndicate is, um, it's got like a very, very good culture. Um, you know, Wood and the, and the team there have, have definitely created like a very, a very good culture of learning down at that gym. Like, it's very, yeah, I can get, you know, he's got all the fundamentals there. He's, he's really building that gym into something, um, that will be very successful. Do you go to a lot of the Apex events? I feel like I've seen you at a few of them. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to a few um, leading into the fight when they were giving me tickets. But now, you know, losers losers get Come loser treatment. On. So really? we're... <laughs> No more, no more tickets. <laughs> nah, come on, you don't get the, you don't come get message back when you're a loser. Like it's, it's uh, you gotta be a winner. That's... You gotta be a winner. Come on, that's life. That's life. <laughs> Deal with it. What about the free clothes? Are you still getting free clothes? Ah, I always get free clothes. Did your wife bring you back <laughs> some of your clothes when she uh, came to visit you? I mean, because I, I was also feeling bad. Well, for... she bought me stuff for. She bought me stuff in New York. That's oh. that's she bought she bought my Tim's over and she bought um and she bought my my snow jacket because I hear I hear it's colder. It is cold. We're in New York right now, by the way. Uh, we're not we're not doing shows. It doesn't here. look too bad. I can see out the window. If that oh. is a window. Yeah, no, uh, I hate to say it. it's not. Oh, there's a painting. It's a picture, yes. <laughs> you oh, think this was – there's cars right there that are moving at a stoplight. Yeah, it never, looks – Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks we, good. We just broke the fourth wall. Uh, no, because I saw all fight week you were just wearing like – and even, even non-fight week, like at the gym in Vegas, it was always like the UFC gear. And I was like, can we get Dan some other clothes? Like, can we get him some engaged clothing? I don't know, something, <laughs> some Venom, something. something That's because little... I'm a tight ass. That's why I don't buy – I don't go shopping? buy anything. I don't go shopping. I don't go shopping. I don't <laughs> buy things. You see any you ever see me wearing jewelry? No, no. You ever see me wearing nice sunglasses? I am tight fisted. 
That's it, what I am. Is it because you are tight-fisted or is it just because you don't care? Bit of both. Yeah. Nah, probably more towards like the I actually, I actually just don't care. Right. Like I, about things. You know what I mean? Like I don't need flashy things. I don't drive um, I don't drive a, I drive a 2001 Ford Falcon. Um, yeah, I haven't bought clothes in years. <laughs> Izzy's never tried. Okay, Izzy's got good style. He's never tried to take you under his wing. Um, I think he's just put that in the too hard basket. He just knows. He just knows that I'm genuinely like. He was into that stuff for years. Like he used to. He's been on like New Zealand Fashion Week. He yeah, used to yeah, do yeah. that every single day. Like you'll never, you'll never catch me walking a catwalk on a fashion show. Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's just say that right now. That is never going to happen. For the fashion show, they dress you. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is show up. Still. Not your style. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. I love the fact that you're like omnipresent in Vegas because you guys are so far away from Vegas in New Zealand. Like it feels like a different universe. So the fact that like one of the CKB, <laughs> it does feel like, I mean, what's the time difference? Is it like 20 hours? What is it from, from Vegas to New Zealand? No, nah, but it's... Uh, 17 hours? It's like, yeah, it's like 17. So It's like a full day. It's only, yeah, but it's only like, boy, like it's 12, it's midday here and it's 9 a.m. there. It's not... Well, yeah, but a full day ahead. It's not the end of yeah, like a different day, but it's still yeah. like the same time, you know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. It's just that's how far it is. And so I like the fact that it's it's kind of fun seeing, oh, here's Dan at this place. Because you guys aren't really omnipresent on the Vegas scene. So I feel like you're representing the Yeah, well, it's funny. Like everyone, everyone keeps asking me, like, oh, when's the rest of the team coming over? And I was just like, I'm just like, yeah, like I obviously was the only one that got a memo. Like we're moving to America. Yeah. <laughs> and now I come here and I'm sitting there and no one else. No one else decided to come. I've just yeah. been sitting here by myself for a couple of months now. You know what I mean? I'm going home. Stuff this. I'm, I'm done waiting. No no hotel though, right? Nah, no hotel. They got me uh, uh, just a, a two-bedroom a two bedroom spot down in uh, the nice part of town. I'm in, oh, nice. I'm in Summerlin. And, and uh, is it summer break over there in New Zealand now? So like your daughter doesn't have school? Uh, yeah, well, she just turned three. So she's oh, like, it's... Okay. Um, like preschool there right. at the moment but nah yeah they i believe school is is done for the uh, i believe everyone's everyone in new zealand's uh on holiday kind on holiday su- from the holiday it's kind of sucky i mean because it's summertime over there it's a little bit cold in vegas now right so you're not really getting the full summer experience well, it's only oh i'll be back i'll okay. be back i'll get plenty of january february i get plenty of sun all right all right See, I love your positive attitude on things. Like I'm someone who looks at everything glass half empty and uh, I'm like feeling bad. Say negative there. Yeah. Say negative there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So this is good. So Dan Hooker is making his featherweight uh, return. Uh, Breaking news. Splash it on all the websites, right? You're looking at me like, no, I didn't say that. (laughs) But it's, it's a strong possibility. This is something you're considering clearly by the video. But you haven't informed anyone of your intention, and there's a very good chance you tell the UFC you want to move to featherweight, and they're like, "Nah, you're sticking at 155." It's like whatever is it, it excites me. Let's yeah. just um, say that, and and that comes with pretty much every decision that I have ever made when it comes to fighting. I do what excites me. Like I fight, I fight and train because I love it. But but getting out there and competing, like this is how I entertain myself. I do this. I do this for fun. Like this is really why I do it. I love getting out there in front of everyone and and 
competing and putting on a show. Like fighting is is fun. So I do whatever is the most exciting to me. I move um, down a featherweight, back to featherweight. To me, is is exciting. There's a lot of exciting guys down there that I'd love to get in the octagon with. Um, it's like a yeah, it's it's a fresh start. It's all it's all exciting to me. So yeah, I feel like that's that's the next step for me. Anyone at the top of Unless the list? Unless nothing happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone at the top of the list? Uh, I have had a, like, a quick look at the – the head and shoulders, like the number one guy that I would love to get in there with would be uh, the Korean zombie. Mm. I, would love to, wow. I would love to throw down with the zombie. So I don't know, I don't know what the people were saying. Like, that's why I just put it out there, stepped on the scale, made the weight, and I feel like you just let the people decide. I feel like whoever um, – Whoever the people want to see me and there against will be um, will kind of convince the UFC. So I was whatever whatever everyone wants, everyone can get. But for me, it would be head and shoulders the Korean zombie. Wow, that would be incredible. I would love that. I think everyone would love that. Um, all right, so we've covered a lot here. Uh, in fact, when I asked you to come on the show, I didn't even know about the 145 stuff, and then you dropped that on Monday. I was like, oh wow, we have something else to talk about. This is great. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, we are like. Can you come on the show Monday? And I yeah. was like, mm, I'll probably be uh, still in a sauna. Yes. Yeah, I so. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy we waited. Although you didn't tell me about any of this. Uh, it, it, it all worked out. Thank you. You said something at the PI, but I didn't realize it was like an actual weight cut going on. And then I see you on the scale. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, well done. Enjoy your second Thanksgiving, this time with the family. That should be fun. And uh, well done on handling everything the way in which you do with such a positive attitude. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy that you can go home uh, in January. That's great news. If you need any tips about New York, let me know. You know, I can, uh, I can hook I'll you up. I'll let you know. All right. I'll let you know when I'm in town. All right. Yeah, cool. We would love it. Maybe you come by the studio for doing a show. We have a bit of a winter break. But if you're around, you know, you've been on enough. I mean, what a, what a year for you. Four times in the span of two months. I would imagine when you look back at 2021, that's your greatest accomplishment, right? Just coming on this show so many oh, times. for sure. For sure. People, your fans are sick of seeing me. No, no, no. One's, by the way, actually, let me, do, let me end on that. Last question. You look back on 2021 with, with good memories, happy memories, good year, bad year. How do you, how do you look back? Oh, Stephanie, one to remember. There's definitely yeah. – uh, I was doing like if you sum it up, man. I've I've been if you compare it to other people that are from my corner of the globe, and you compare years, um, most of them just sat inside uh, in lockdown and and got fat. Yeah. If you look, <laughs> you know, I've been out there traveling all over the world, been out with W a couple of times, Las Vegas, um, fought, competed, got better learn lessons and I'm excited for the future. So I feel like, I feel like I showed, I feel like this year, um, I showed what I'm made of and, um, next year it's about showing what I'm capable of. I love that. What a way to cap things off. Dan, thank you for the time. As always, enjoy the holiday, enjoy the holidays, enjoy New York, everything with your family over there. I'm happy that you guys have reunited and, uh, Always appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it very much. Cheers, brother. Talk right. soon. Yes, sir. There he is, Dan Hooker. Always great to have him on the show. Has turned into one of my favorites on this program. And uh, how about that 145? You saw the clip right over there. He posted it. In fact, I, I reached out to him to come on the show. And that was for Monday. 
And he's like, yeah, I'll be doing some stuff at the uh, the PI. Maybe we could do it another day. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I see you in Vegas, PI. Makes all the sense in the world. And then I see him on the on the scale, 145. Last time he was at 145, he lost a unanimous decision to Jason Knight in 2016. UFC debut was 2014. So I was right when he said 2014. Against uh, Ian Entwistle. Maximo Blanco. Man, I haven't heard Maximo Blanco's name in quite some time. That was September of 2014. Hatsu Hiyoki, I haven't heard his name in quite some time. There was the Yair Rodriguez fight at 192. Beat Mark Ediva, lost tonight, and then moved up to uh, lightweight and had tremendous success at lightweight. Remember, beat Ross Pearson, beat Mark J. Casey, beat Jim Miller, beat Gilbert Burns at lightweight. Knocked out Gilbert Burns at lightweight. July of 2018, the same card that DC, our good friend, Daniel Cormier. Wasn't that nice when we reconnected on Monday? That was beautiful. A very, a very special moment in the spirit of the holidays. Anyway, uh, he beat Gilbert Burns on that card, then lost to Edson Barbosa. That was a big one. People thought the fight should have been stopped earlier. Beat James Vick, beat Ally Quinta, beat Paul Felder, and then just ran into a buzzsaw. Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler beat Nasrat, as you know, back in September, and then the Islam Makhachev fight. So it's been a great run for Dan Hooker. Curious to see if he does, in fact, move to 145, and curious to see... Uh, if he has success there. He had great success at 155, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Uh, age 31, turning 32 on February 13th. Born in 1990. How about that? What a fun show so far, right? Bryce Mitchell, can't get over him. And the uh, the mixtape, reconnecting with Matt Mitrione, Frank Mir. A little update from Dan Hooker. A nice uh, Thanksgiving Eve show. Hopefully you're sitting around with the family and uh, watching this program, I'm sure that's exactly what you are doing. Uh, in a bit, we'll answer some of your questions on the nose. You know where to send the questions. We'll answer them. We'll sit back. We'll wrap up this bad boy. But first, we will talk to our good friend GC. And there it is. There he is. Oh, yeah. There he is. In the holiday spirit. Holiday were, spirit, baby. You were holding out on me before. We did the little rehearsal. I didn't want to ruin it, the, the big reveal. I like it. I like it. So no decorations did... yet. I forgot yeah. my scissors and tape. I, I realized that after I promised the decorations. Wait, so you did bring things to put up there? No, I forgot my scissors and tape. I had to use the printer here. I don't got a printer at home. Oh. Wait. Yeah. What were you going to print out? I was going to start the Hall of Fame up with, uh, with our guy. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. Tony was going to start that up. <laughs> I got some other ideas. I got some other. I actually got hit up first time. Some dude wanted to send me something. Wow! What they want to send you? Uh, some pens, like some uh, UFC MMA pens. So yeah, I actually bought them. I bought them anyway. Oh, that's nice of you. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're cool. So we'll get them soon. You know, I'll, it's pu I'll put them up right here. I got a lot of real estate. So if anyone else wants to send yeah, anything, it's cheap real estate. It's a not ton like of real estate. Yeah, it's not like your desk. They don't gotta you know sell their soul for it. I can just Listen, put anything up here. I'm accepting all kinds of gifts. I have a uh, a Celtic. Pin coming Celtic, not the Boston Celtics. Oh, like a Celtic, like the is soccer it, team. Is it Celtic or Celtic? Celtic. I, I think it's Celtic. I have, you yeah. know what? When I said it, I was like, I just botched this. This is uh, yeah. Why did I say Celtic? 
God. No, nah, you said Celtic. Can we, can we cut that out? Can we cut that out of the pod? No, this uh, is now mm. a part of your record. Hapoel, I think Jerusalem, uh, Israeli basketball team. I got some gear coming from them. I mean, it's just the floodgates have now been open. I mean, I am open. You for got business. a million teams and you're ripping on me for my, for my Gonzaga hoodie. Well, that was weird because, like, your whole gimmick is Georgia sports. And, like, Gonzaga, <laughs> of all things, I mean, like, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. What's the connection? You just like the sweater? No, I mean, I, Big Mark George is fan. terrible at basketball. Was it Mark Morrison? Yeah. No, Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Damn. <laughs> Close enough. Damn. Mark Morrison, uh, isn't he the uh, Return of the Mac guy? I don't know, dude. Come on, Frank. Come on. <laughs> yes. Return of the Mac, right? Of course. Return of the Mac. All right. Is it Mark Morrison? Yeah, That's Mark him, Morrison. Yeah. Damn it. Adam Morrison, who had a stash very much like yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will give a salute to, to Adam Morrison with that. What I appreciate about your stash is you're letting it go down just a little bit. It's getting long enough now that I find it like sometimes I'll feel it like on my nose. Sometimes it, yeah. it's going into my mouth. It's getting. Have you ever tried Fu Manchu style, like Hulk Hogan style? It doesn't really look good. Like my beard kind of uh, starts showing up right here. And like yeah. my beard is darker than the mustache. I don't know why. Oh, no, that's interesting. Hulk Hogan had the same thing. He had the black beard, but then the, yeah. the blonde uh, mustache. Um, Thanksgiving plans? Up to Connecticut, catching a train after this. Connecticut, the former CT. home. The former home, yeah. Game night tonight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, game night tomorrow. You're, That's what I want to know. Who's producing tomorrow night? Is that, is it, was that the gig that everyone just was praying to the gods that they didn't get? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving game night. I mean, you're going to get put on the schedule for Thanksgiving. Is, <laughs> you work there. Did you work last week, uh, last year's Thanksgiving? Yes. You did? The last three. Come on. What time? Yeah. What time slot? Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, it was different every. I mean, I've worked an overnight on a holiday before. So, Tom, is there anything I mean, more depressing? No, very few no. things. Yeah. But they give you a free meal. That's how they sell it to you. Is that true? Yeah. What kind of free meal? Things. Like a Thanksgiving meal, stuffing, turkey, all that. Was it good or was it? It was pretty good. Yeah, I'll get it. It was pretty good, but from it's the calf? not. Yeah, from the calf. Interesting. But it's not worth going no. to work no. and being stuck in Connecticut. On a holiday. Although there are things to talk about on Thanksgiving. It's not like a boring sports day. You've got the three football games. Yeah. Well, they have the normal shows with Phil and host, and then they sell you yes. the opportunity. You want to produce the big yes. shows yes. on Thanksgiving with Phil oh, and Oh, I got those calls, too. Do you want to be? You got to fill in as a host. Yeah, I got to fill in on the holidays also. And then at some yeah. point, I was like, I got to be honest, I feel like I'm a little bit above a fill in at this point. Yeah, we got Ariel Hawani hosting yeah. <laughs> uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons stuff. Yeah, if you want to like, produce come it. Come on, guys. <laughs> Should be the Ariel Hawani show. I don't want to yeah. be hosting that. I'm saying someone else's name. It's weird. I, I never understood the fill in host thing. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Just make a new show? I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess you can't cancel the show because it's a 24 hour network. Right. All right, that's enough ESPN really Radio Talk. <laughs> <laughs> We've this is lost 3,000 viewers since we started the ESPN Radio con- Talk. <laughs> this is a conversation we would have before or after the show. Yes, like, off the air, this is yeah, off air. Yeah, no, this this is something that like six people are laughing I, at. <laughs> All right, no UFC, no Bellator, but you have come bearing gifts. I have come bearing gifts. I would not say that I'm wildly confident about them. There's not a lot to work with in the world of combat sports this week, but we dug we dug deep into the depths of the internet and we found lines for the triad combat fights. I actually, yes. I was texting you. I was like, I cannot find them anywhere. And then right after I sent that, I was able to come across them. Um, it's kind of what you said 
boxers are pretty much the favorites in this one. Five of the six fights, the boxer is like a pretty heavy favorite. So I'm kind of stuck with parlays. I'm parlaying also. You mentioned Tiafima Lopez. I'm throwing him in the parlays too. Oh. Um, yeah, but then I'm taking a dog shot. I'm taking a dog shot. I'm going for it. But uh, with the parlay, um, we're going to go with Kubrat Pulev. Uh, huge line. There's no props, so you can't really do anything with that. Minus 1,200. I mean, this guy is like a legitimate like championship boxer, 28-2. and two. His only two losses are to Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. I, I think he's going to beat Frank Mir. All respect to Frank Mir, but he's 3-9 since 2012, so I do think he does that. You like the lease there? I was how, just about to say. I was how like, festive are we getting with I was this? just like, about this to say. Is, I was like, please don't bury the lead here. We actually have some festive decorations. This is I great. know. You got, you got nothing on the desk, not like a cornucopia or anything. Can I say Can I say one thing I always appreciated about my time at ESPN? Like one day I came back and all of a sudden there was like those red the, – the, the red fl- – what do you call those things for Christmas? The red – Oh, the uh, poinsettias. poinsettias. Yes. There it is. They, 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 they knew how to dress up the studio. Yeah. Are we going to get a menorah next week? Hanukkah well, starting on Monday? I mean, is it on me to do that? I mean, it was on me to get this hat. It was on me yeah. to put the leaves on the graphics. Yeah, I, like, I mean, I feel like, you know, like. Maybe I'll that? get a menorah. Well, Amazon. Right there, yeah. A little dreidel action. A little something behind me. Yeah. I mean, you know, who, who's, who's in charge of set design back there? Ariel, I mean, can right. you bring us latkes? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it'd be nice if... That's a good point from Frank, actually, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, Home like, you cooking. know, who, who's in charge of this? Do, do I have to do everything around here? Hey, I mean, you bring a locker, we'll talk. Okay, someone, you know, it'd be nice I come here and there's some decoration. There's, like, the silver, you know... I know, look at all that open space you got on the desk a ton right of there, open space. I mean, space. we could use some All I have is Virna Jean hat over there. Um, yeah, we could do... I mean, Alex, can, you want to get on that fake or turkey what? turkey or something, it would look great. Corporate man. Alex back there? No, he's not having it. You'll have, he have to check off. in. With he's not even listening at this point. <laughs> You'll have to check in with HR um, if that's allowed. Okay, back to oh, the yeah, thing. Yeah, let's hop in the parlay here. Um, yeah, Pulev, I just think he's going to be able to do it. I mean, this it's the rules favor boxers here. Like, it's essentially boxing with spinning back fists and clinches. Um, so, yeah, a championship-level boxer, I'll take him to win. Real boxing, I'm going to take Raymond Ford. Uh, he's just a super young prospect. He's, he's, he's really good, and I just think he has a, a fight set up to win, um, and then Teofimo Lopez. If you don't like boxing, Teofimo Lopez could change your opinion on that. He is he is a super entertaining young fighter, 24 years old. I think he's going to get this done by finish. Look at that. A big, a big parlay payout on three legs of minus 160, um, and we're only going to go to win a half unit here. I mean, this, this is what we're working with on the, uh, on the combat sports this weekend. But I will take a dog shot. Oh. With a man that was on the show today, Matt Mitrioni. Wow, I did the E. You I did pulled the, the Tucker and I did Damn. the E. Okay. So close. Matt Mitrioni, I'm going to take him on the money line at plus 450. I mean, he's lost his last four fights, but like he's KO'd real fighters like uh, Fedor. We, yes. we saw him knock him out. Derek Lewis, he's knocked him out. Like real tough fighters. Alexander Flores, he's 4 3 and 1 since 2014. One of the wins to a sub 500 fighter. The draw was to a 500 fighter. All his losses are coming by KO. And if you go watch his last fight, I'll let you guys be the judge of this one. Go watch his last fight against Luis Ortiz. He gets dropped. He just quits off of like a body shot that just, I don't I don't know what happened, but he completely falls to the ground. 45 seconds into the fight. A lot of people say he might have even thrown it. Like it just, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be able to take seven rounds with Matt Mitrione if, he, if he's able to land something. So oh. 
why not? Plus 450. We're probably signing up for losers with these anyway because, like, what's what's going to happen? They're fighting in a triangle ring. Yes. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but we got to put some action down on it, even, even on the Thanksgiving weekend. So why not? Let's have a little fun. We'll take the co-main event. We'll take the dog here at plus 450, Matt Mitrion. You, you, you going to watch? Oh, I'm going to watch, yeah. I'm my girlfriend, My girlfriend texted me because she's watching the show. She was like, how can we watch these, these, You're kidding. these trailer fights? Yeah, she Your was girlfriend's like, tra- that hardcore? I mean, she's lo- she's tapped into every show, I will say that. She's kind of my judge on whether or not it was a good show. She was like, oh, XYZ was interesting. Interesting. You know, she's a cat. Who, who has she's she liked? Uh, surprisingly, she really liked uh, Roxanne Bonifari, Happy Warrior. She well, liked why, the, she why, is, why is that surprising? Uh, I knew you were going to call me on that. Why? What's surprising? <laughs> she's very likable. I like likable. Roxanne, Happy Warrior. Yeah, yeah she's, she's very, very likable. Nice. So, likeable. wait, your girlfriend watches the entire four-hour show? She has it on, and then, you know, she'll unmute most of it, but, you know, she's obviously just waiting for me. Right, so, she's just waiting know, for your spot. Okay. That's it. Uh, Turkey's and, going limp here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what does she do for a living? She works at, at the oh, Mecca, ESPN. the mothership. Wait, so how does she have the time letters. to do this? Uh, she gets more work from home. She's not at ESPN. She's not, or, I mean, at ESPN Radio. She's, right, she's right, right. at home. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know. She's probably freaking out right now. That we're does she, is she, she one of the trolls on the chat? Is she one of the trolls on the chat? Yeah, I'm probably getting cooked in the chat right now for the turkey hat. No, She's probably in there with them, with no. them cooking me. But uh, wow, this is great. I mean, this feels like a real keeper. If someone's going to support you like that and watch this broadcast, and you're, you know, on let's say it's a four hour show, you're on for 20, 30 minutes. And she's sitting around listening to the interviews. I mean, that feels she's like someone She's getting the views up. She's loving yeah. the ads. You know, she's she's getting the money for us. Does she have any hot takes? Like, does she want to be a character on the show? I'm open to characters. I, I, I don't think no? so. Last time she came up with the Venmo discussion. That's she, right. Yeah, she got- Did she get mad about nervous. that? No. Have you changed it? I, I'm about to. I, I really think I'm going to. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've been putting more thought into yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe in, in 2022. Um, yeah, all right, so the girlfriend's in. She's Girlfriend's excited. About- in. We're watching Triller. Yeah. yeah. We'll do Triller. Maybe it's a two TV night with Triller and uh, Tiafima Lopez. Wow. I mean, dude, I. How you, romantic. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're still with family on Saturday night and you're watching the Triller card, you might, uh, and you have bets on it. If you take Matt Mitrione and you go crazy when he knocks out Alexander Flores, you might get some questions from the family. No, listen. They uh, might they, be calling 1 800 Gambler for they, you. They, that's true. <laughs> they, uh, they killed it last. I mean, it was Mike Tyson against Roy Jones, Jake Paul, that stuff. But that was last Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. twenty twenty. And the word is they did like one point five million. There was a lot of nostalgia, but I actually think it's a smart play. There's not a lot of sports going on. There's usually no UFC, no Bellator for a combat group to come in. People are at home. They want to watch something. They want to be entertained, especially for a wacky card that's sort of outside of the box. I actually think it's a smart play. Yeah, I mean, try something new. I mean, it's going to be weird. Like, on the triangular ring yeah. alone, they're going to yes. get me to tune in. Like, yeah. I just want to see how this is going to work. I'm, I'm curious as we, like, are we going to get any rules getting broken? I could see, like, an MMA fighter, oh, like, doing something. I mean, even Matt, Mitrione himself is bringing up questions two days before the fight. So. Yeah, it didn't instill a ton of confidence in the uh, dog shot there. But all yeah. it takes is one. Yeah, he, he got called three weeks ago. And he was done. <laughs> uh, I mean, I respect him for taking the fight, especially if he's, you know, getting yeah, paid. Yeah, I mean, we obviously got, there's, you know, there's NFL and there's college basketball, so you don't have to bet on this. Sure. By the way, we, what are the Bills right now? I, are they the favorites? Is there a line? I don't know. You don't think there's a line for a game tomorrow no, no, night? No, 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 no. I was, I was saying, are you? They are minus six right now. How'd you get that so fast? Got DraftKings up at all times. Shout out to DraftKings. They're the favorites on the road? 
after yeah, last week's debacle? Yeah, minus two thirty five on the money line. Wow. You gonna put you gonna put a little something? No. No? Why? <laughs> Why? Just try it? You're all about try it in Teofimo Lopez? Strictly a combat guy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you were staying up till one AM doing Gonzaga freaking yeah. UCLA. I, I I can't even lie. You were like, let's find some lines on something. I I dug pretty deep. I tried to find lines on the national uh the national dog show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe place a little wager. The the hound group's looking good to take best in show this year. So hoping I could maybe get an edge on that one. Um but yeah, speaking of your Bills, we should do a friendly wager when uh, no. Bills and Falcons play. No, no, no. That's one thing I don't do. You don't do friendly wagers? I don't, it doesn't uh, well, have to be money. Uh, I, I feel like it's bad mojo. I don't like to bet on my teams. Knicks, Hawks? Don't do it. That's Christmas, by the way. Yeah. You're yeah, really ruining the fun here. I was I hoping we could, we could set something up. I mean, I guess you could present something to me if it's really friendly, but I, I feel like I will curse the team. You know, I feel like I'll be uh, bad luck, so yeah. it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, uh, we, uh, oh, I also had to shout out Bryce Mitchell, the, the dressing thing. That's a Southern thing to call stuffing dressing. At lunch, we were literally talking about that. Oh, is that what I, he meant? Yes, that's what he's talking about. The uh, dressing and stuffing. I felt like salad dressing. <laughs> no, and like the, I have like a mirrored story. My grandmother like made it from memory, didn't tell anyone how to do it. Unfortunately, like he was saying, his aunt, like he yeah. hopes nothing happens to his aunt because they're going to lose the dressing forever. My grandmother, like she Rest in, rest in peace, she died with the recipe. Oh, my God. So now no one has been able to— My mom has tried some knockoffs, and it's just unsuccessful. She didn't keep it in a like a spot? No, never written down. And it was that good? It was good, man. It was really good. Like, what, like, was, like what was in it? Like, did you have any idea? I or? have no clue, yeah. Wow. I mean, I was too young to, to even know, but yeah. Like, it, it was crazy the way he was talking about that. I was literally saying it at lunch. I was like, oh, yeah. Dressing. I, I was like— Yeah, dressing what? is stuff. Oh. Yeah, it's a Southern thing. Golly. So what is yours like? Do you have any weird uh, traditions other than calling it dressing? My my mom makes pumpkin pudding. People are thrown off by that. Oh, weird. It's good though. It's super Yeah, good. it sounds good. Uh, do you do you ever do um churducken? No. No, that's no. weird, right? The chicken yeah. and the turkey is like a yes. little intense. No, turkey and duck. <laughs> right. Chicken and turkey. Turducken, yeah, nah. Um, I think there's chicken in it as well. Yeah, I think that was in that chur, isn't the chur? Oh, the, the, the in. Duck in. Yeah, chur-duck in. Oh, there's three different types of birds in one. Dude. Have you guys ever watched the That's Cowboys fine. games? On... Yes, yeah, with John Madden. He's always talking about it. Oh, my God, it's disgusting. What's the hell one Thanksgiving we, Honestly, I didn't celebrate. You know, as, as I've talked about, uh, Thanksgiving – in Canada is on a Monday. Yeah, right. Second Monday in October. Yeah. Uh, didn't even get off from school for it as a wow. kid. It wasn't even a big deal. Now, I went to a Jewish school, so we had a lot of holidays around that time, so they couldn't afford to give us another day off, but there was CFL football. Like, it wasn't a thing. CFL football, that's great. It was, yeah, but, you know, like, you know, you're in school. American Thanksgiving was a bigger thing for us only because of the football games. Like, we would go home at lunch, watch the beginning of the game, come home. I remember, you know, uh, Dolphins, Cowboys was a famous one with Leon Lett sliding in there. Anyway, um, never celebrated, never had turkey, never did anything. And then, you know, coming to America, no family around, so we just kind of did it, you know, my yeah. wife, a friend Maybe or for two. 20 years. Could've, but could've but I've never gone traditions. to, like, the traditional big, you know, I, I, yes, I guess 20 years. Right. We, yeah. just, we don't have, like, the, the 25 people thing, you yeah. know, like what you see in the movies. yeah. yeah. I mean, we saw we saw before the show that you you thought you were still in school for Thanksgiving. Stop it! Oh wow, you're really wow breaking the fourth wall here. Yes, my kids head off uh, half day, 
And they call <laughs> 12 o'clock dismissal. It's 12.18. I get yeah. a call from a number that doesn't look familiar but uh, feels familiar enough. So I pick it up. And it's like, hey, are you guys coming to pick up your kids 18 minutes late? Last yeah. one's there. Yeah, and then you tried to joke with her. And she was I like, tried to uh, sir, your children are at yeah. risk here. You need to come get <laughs> Well, them. then I said, where are they? Are they together? There's three of them. She said, yes, they're in the lobby right now with the other kids who are waiting. And I said, oh, their parents forgot to pick them up too? And there was an awkward pause. Yeah, and then I heard you. You were just like, no, that, <laughs> that was, was a just joke. a joke. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, dead, dead finish, right? Uh, yeah, so we got a lot of boxing this weekend. Yeah. We yeah, we have a lot of boxing. Next month. Next month. Thank you for the, uh, the segue there. I was enjoying the Thanksgiving talk. Uh, there was a press conference this morning in England. Tyson Fury, John Fury, Tommy Fury all in attendance. My good friend Rob Armstrong was hosting at a BT Sport. Jake Paul's in a pool in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so now they've had two sets of press conferences for this fight. One time, Jake Paul's in Vegas. Tommy and the Furies aren't there. And then this time, the Furies are there. Jake Paul isn't. And it, it was a total shit show. Uh, John Fury, who's a character in his own right, uh, who's the father of both Tyson and, and Tommy, uh, sounds exactly like Tyson, is just a complete, I mean, character. The guy's just must-see TV. And he gets into it with, uh, with, uh, with Jake. And I saw a couple clips courtesy of our friend Jedi. Let's play a couple of these clips here. Do we, what do we got? Yeah. Do we want to yeah, set them up? we can play them, but the, the audio is terrible. I have to say that on behalf of Frank and Tucker. The audio is terrible. Okay, the audio is terrible. What do we have? No, what, what's no, first? Can you, put, can you set up the first one? Or do we just That's gonna... why you're a single old man. I love how he's threatening him because he's banned from the United States. Yes, he's banned from the United States. I think there was some uh, prior things that happened in his life that don't allow him to uh, to come over here. That was incredible. I mean, just the scene of Jake on the crappy Zoom in a pool wearing that outfit. With the pineapple <laughs> yes. hat. Like, and it's like freezing up. It's just like so ridiculous. And John Fury, who I think... I mean, I feel like I, I I feel comfortable in saying would would try to kill yes. uh, Jake Paul if they were in the same. How vicinity. much older do we think John Fury is than than uh, Jake Paul too? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Do you know? He's fifty seven. Jake Paul is so Jake Paul twenty four. Yeah, thirty three years older than him. <laughs> he's talking about. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is tremendous. Oh my Tell god, he's look a at that single old man. Look at wearing, that. Wearing the pineapple hat. I mean, that's all time. There's another clip, right? Yeah, we got another shorter one. What do we got? Jake, I'm going to try to throw you a Threatens the screen. That's why in that second one, they were they were being like, don't go at the screens. Don't go at the screens. I'm going to tell him to not fight the screen. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I love how he calls him a dosser today. Oh, my God. It's really a shame. I kind of feel like just to have John a part of Fight Week, this fight should have happened in England. Yes. I wish it was happening in England. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a shame. But I'm excited. 
I don't know about you. You're excited, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I'm pumped, man. We, we got a nice card that night. And that it's, that's going to be the same night as the last uh, UFC event of the year. That's Definitely right. a two-TV kind of night. Definitely. Jake Paul, plus 135. Jake Paul's the underdog right now. Yeah. Interesting. How do you feel about that? Did he open as the underdog? Man. No, I think I think Fury. Yes, he did. I think Fury oh. has like been a heavier favorite than this. I don't know, man. Like it just feels like Jake Paul is like. It feels like he's like set up to win some of these fights. Like that might be that what might are be you, tempting. Are you implying dicey diceyness? I mean, it could be. No, come on. We got Woodley coming out saying that he couldn't knock him out. No, that was freaking Dylan Dennis. <laughs> Come on. That was Dylan Danis trolling. Didn't he, say, didn't he say that on this show? Yes, too? he said it on this show. Oh, and it like freaking spiraled out man. of control. No, I think this is a legitimate test. I think it's an appropriate next step for him. I think it's an even fight. Like I I yeah. would say it's pretty it's pretty I mean, even. Tyson, Tyson has never done me wrong, so I might just have to side with the Furies mm. in this one. It is interesting that Tyson's been a part of this buildup so much, like even the training, being up there. I wonder if he's I mean, I think he's gonna be there. Which will be interesting in its own right. He's not it, as fiery as it uh, has to help tr- having Tyson Fury like oh, it's in huge. your corner. Like it has to help. Well, I just think from the build up, just having him there is great. Oh yeah, fight yeah. week and I mean, all that yes, stuff. Like, yes, having him there is great. Um, and he's another target for because the thing about Tommy is he's so soft spoken, he's so well spoken, he just doesn't really engage in this sort of thing. Tyson's a little more, you know, willing to uh, to roll in the mud. Yeah, to uh, say the least. I just want John involved as much as possible. Set him I up mean, on a Zoom screen that they can roll in. Oh, my God. Jake and John together are just magic. I may or may not be there in some capacity. Wow. I mean, stay tuned. Um, I also, will be tuned. Darren Williams, Frank Gore. Yeah, Darren Williams, uh, minus 225. Frank Gore, plus 185. Minus 225. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. Although, Frank Gore just retired. Um, shorter, obviously. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram. I mean, the guy's got skills as well. Obviously, it's different when you're just hitting mitts, but I don't yeah, see a, a lot of Darren Williams on. hitting mitts. That's a tough one Tough one to bet on. Yeah, tough one to predict. Um, it's weird. There's so much UFC. There's so much Bellator, all this stuff. Like, these off-beat events, for some reason, resonate more. I feel like they stick out more because we're all just, you know... It, those again, apex over and over, uniform. Like, yeah, it happens know, every single week. Yes, every single week. So when you get something that's like so wacky, i.e., triad combat, i.e., this stuff, it just uh, it sticks out. It sticks out a little more. Now yeah. I know that some people get a little hot under the collar. They get a little bit. Oh well, yeah, oh, you're supporting this. Blah, blah. I say, if it's fair, if the matchmaking is fair, if it's even, if no one's getting seriously hurt, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and especially no, I mean, I'm cool with it. I'm going to tune in to, to Trevor. Like, I'm if it's Evander Holyfield fighting at uh, 58, yeah, 50. like that, that doesn't feel comfortable. That doesn't feel as long as people are safe. safe like, right. yeah, we we want them to be safe. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to tune in on Saturday. Why not? Who's hosting we, dinner in CT? It's just me and my girlfriend. It's that's yeah, it. Everyone's down in Atlanta. Yeah. Why don't you guys go to Georgia? I'm here, die hard with the MMA. Hour what are you till, talking about? You, you could have left five, right after the show. O'clock. You could have gone the six o'clock. So wait, are, are you telling me if we didn't do a show today, you'd be in Atlanta celebrating? Wow. Yeah. Now you I even feel, invited me down to Atlanta. I feel guilty yeah, now. I'm not going to blame, you know. Wow. You show, couldn't but, get a, like a 7 p.m. flight? No, nah, I probably could have, but I mean at this point it's or What just, about a 6 a.m. flight? Get in time for, you know, yeah, yeah. a late breakfast? I, I don't mind it, actually. I haven't been home for Thanksgiving, you know, after after the days at ESPN. I haven't, night, been, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been home in a while, uh. 
I'm going home for a nice chunk at uh, you know, the Christmas holidays. So that'll be okay. Nice. All right. Yeah. I got to run a 10k in the morning, so I couldn't have flown home. Wait, tomorrow? Yeah. Wow. Nice, yeah, turkey trot. Th- nice turkey run. 10k? Yeah. How Are you going to say bury the lead? What is the lead here? The Leafs on the graphics or the 10k? I I, I think the 10k <laughs> is kind of a a, yeah. a pretty big lead. How many miles is 10k? Eight, seven, seven? Six miles. Yeah. Six point two miles. Yeah. Wow. Where's that? It's it's like a virtual one. I'm running against my family, so hopefully I'll I'll beat them. Oh, so this isn't like a big thing with a bunch of people and. Nah, they don't do that in Hartford. My family's running an official one in Georgia. Wow, and I'm doing it virtually. What do you mean family? Mother, to father, everyone. Father, brother, mom's walking it. Okay, well look at this. <laughs> yeah, we're the really getting, really get down. Yeah, we're really getting deep into the birds. Is, is this a tr- is this Plans a family here. tradition? No, nah, I mean my dad just used to do it. I just always like it's like everyone's like, ah, oh, why would you want to start Thanksgiving like I so think it's terribly? Brilliant. It's like I start that way and then I can just eat. Yes, like a a madman. Yes, like a madman. Uh, the rest of the day, you know, eat, drink, have a great time, and not have to worry about it. It's like I ran six miles. So yeah, I don't I think know anyone. Anyway. I'm actually kind of jealous that you're doing that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. Can I jump in? It's if virtual. You run, yes, I, you think you can do six miles right now? Wow. What do you mean right now? What, what it's does that mean? On the Peloton, man. Yeah, I did you it this morning. Feet on the pavement. Yeah. What are you trying to say? I'm out of shape. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I just don't know if you run like that, man. I don't. I don't do six miles. No. I could do, uh, you know what? I could do it. I could do four or five. Push That's what we should, do. we should do. We should do. We could do a challenge someday. Team challenge. You'd kill me. I mean, you've done legit marathons, right? Yep. You did New York City. Yep. Wow. Yeah. All right. You've had enough of this. I think everybody's had enough of this. <laughs> I mean, the, the Burks, we're getting deep into you know, listen, family I'm, I'm heritage cu- I'm and stuff curious. I'm curious. Jeez, I'm curious. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. It's part of the show. I mean, that's what right. we got to do on a, you know, Thanksgiving a, Thanksgiving Eve. People are sitting around. They're having a drink. They're having their- uh, By the fire with all their right? family. Yep, nice they're and having stuffing. The they're pumpkin pie. They're pumpkin pudding. Pumpkin all pudding right. dressing. There you go. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, questions. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah, we got, what do we got? 73 here. Okay, everyone. Time now for- Everyone's favorite. Well, we got nowhere else to go. I mean, no one's got a flight to catch, so we could sit here all day. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Yeah. It's time for a good old fashioned QA, MMA fans. Yes, Mike Heck, Ladies friend of the program. The moment has arrived to hear from the man himself, oh, yes. Ariel Helwani. Ariel Live Helwani answering your questions on this Thanksgiving Eve. Everyone's City. in their it's car. On the nose. And now, Train, to plane, answer your question, automobile. get out of your seats and on your feet and I because fully. here he is, Ariel Helwani. Yes, I like the crescendo there and uh, great camera switching by Tucker back there. Uh, I'm fully aware that a vast majority of our audience actually isn't living in the United States right now. So for the most part, a lot of you are just getting ready to celebrate a regular Thursday, but there's a, there's a holiday spirit, and uh, we have to acknowledge that. By the way, before I get to the questions, this just came through my timeline, and I'm sort of blown away by it. Carlos Arias was a longtime reporter for the Orange County Register, and several months ago, I guess it was in May, there were reports out there that Carlos Arias had passed away. Carlos Arias was one of the first combat journalist that I ever met. Super nice guy. He was always at the boxing events, especially on the West Coast. At the MMA events, especially on the West Coast. I would see him all the time. Vegas, California. And I was under the assumption that Carlos Arias 
had died. And I see this tweet sent here from Dan Albano, who sends over this link that Carlos Arias isn't dead. And I'm kind of blown away by this. I have to read this very quickly here. I mean, if you're from OC and you're a fight fan, you probably know who he is because he's been covering fighting for so much, I mean, so long over there. Our project today is to go back six months and update all those solemn tweets and tributes. This is what he writes. Mark Wicker, Carlos Arias was a great guy. No, it should be is. He was a tireless worker and had tremendous instincts for analyzing games he covered. No, is, and has. He brought a smile to his long work days and had what people now call people skills, which of course is nothing more than caring. Brings, has, come on now. Yes, Carlos is still with us. It's the equivalent of a grand slam with two outs and an 0-2 count in the bottom of the seventh inning of the softball games he always covered or a knockout with one second remaining in the 12th round of his favorite boxing match. On May 13th, Carlos suffered a searing headache and went to a hospital. He had been in his room all day working on stories. He kept saying, I've got to get that. I got to go finish that. Then he got this bad headache and he was holding the back of his head. Carlos 50 was in the midst of a severe stroke. Dr. Al Hauspian, a local psychologist and family friend, saw the images that were taken. He told Sue and Will, Carlos's dad, that they were devastating and that the large, dark patches offered little hope. Sue resumed praying. We're all believers. On May 19th, the doctors were all coming together at 4 o'clock in his Fresno hospital room. They would take Carlos off life support and remove the organs he had agreed to donate. Shortly after 10 a.m., a befuddled ICU uh, doctor called Sue. Something strange has happened. Carlos just opened his eyes. I'm getting goosebumps reading this. This is wild. A nurse also noticed a twitch. Carefully, they began asking questions and told Carlos to blink if he was saying yes. They asked if he wanted to stay on life support. It was unequivocal. He blinked. Then there were small movements. I mean, could you imagine? This is unbelievable. Gradually, he would move his head, move his hands, his arms and legs. Then they moved him to a skilled nursing facility in Modesto. On August 25th, he was able to come home. What? The stroke had come and gone. A tornado that spared all the structures. A medical certainty that somehow gave way to intervention. Carlos is working again. He's filing stories for extra inning softball. Helping high school kids get hooked up with colleges. Telling their stories. He has a following there. This is amazing. I'm not going to read the whole story. I see pictures of Carlos. I recognize him. He's wearing his LA hat. His Dodgers hat. His Lakers t-shirt. I mean, this is amazing. I have chills. I have to retweet this. Wow. Incredible. Anyway, Carlos, if you're out there, much love, man. I'm so happy to hear that you're still around. I remember writing a tweet about him. I remember us at the MMAJA talking about something in his honor. That is amazing. Thank you for sending that to me. Okay, question time. Incredible. Like back from the dead. All right, let me gather myself here. Um, here we go. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. Chronological. And who's first? How does he do it? El Cubano himself. How does he always show up first? Hola, Ariel. First, I want to give thanks to you and everyone else included in helping to make the MMA Hour each and every time a memorable show. I'm truly thankful for having a platform to ask one of the greatest MMA historians a question on a weekly basis. Looking back to last week, Talia Santos was the only fighter to have a finish on Saturday. Santos is ranked fifth. 
with a 19-1 record, her only loss being a split decision in her UFC debut. Does that set her up for the next title fight, being that the queen, Valentina Shevchenko, thankful for my favorite fighter, has already defeated all the fighters ranked above Santos? Bonus question for GC. Would this be the closest odds for Shevchenko since the Nunes fight? Oh, my. But, I mean, GC is clocked out. He's on the train over to CT at this point. Let's see. Let's see if our new uh, system... Shevchenko, what was the fight? <laughs> there he is. There he is. What, you weren't paying attention? No. Uh, no. Okay. Um, I got lost there. He's asking if Talia Santos... Well, what... Can you go back into the archives and let us know the closest odds for an Amanda Nunes fight? And he wants to know if Talia Santos, who is now ranked fifth, in back of Jennifer Maya, who has lost to Shevchenko... Lauren Murphy, who has lost, Caitlin Chikagan, who has lost, Jessica Andrade, who has lost, is next. And I kind of feel like she's next. Against, against Amanda Nunez? Yes. Amanda Nunez has been uh, an underdog multiple times in her career. When's the last time? Uh, against Ronda Rousey in 2016, she was plus 150. Against Misha Tate, she was plus 230. Okay, the Misha Tate one I could believe in. The Ronda Rousey one is a joke. Against Shevchenko, the split decision, she was plus 105. I think, yeah, that was the last time she was an underdog. Interesting. No, never mind. Chris Cyborg, she was plus 160 in 2018. Wow. Less than three years ago, Amanda Nunez was still an underdog. Wow. She was cashing underdog tickets. That is crazy. That is the last time, though. Okay, closest line since with her then? being the favorite? Minus 375 against Jermaine Durandamy. Yeah. Okay. In 2019. Minus yeah. 375. So, yeah. You're saying Taylor Santos is next? Well, that's what this guy's asking. By the way, New York Rick chiming in. I thought he doesn't work on Wednesdays, Mr. Monday Afternoon. Tyla. That's essentially Tyler, what I was saying. Right. Tyla, Tayla, right. Tyla. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. Tyla. Tyla, excuse me. I say it like the, the, the Jewish way. Talia. Uh, Dahlia, Talia. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, I do think she would be next, and uh, I don't know if the odds would be supremely close, but there's a case to be made. Um, Carmine. Ariel, my friend, because of the venom... And previous Reebok deal, fighters in the UFC can't really show much originality or personality. Do you think they should allow more extravagant entrances for fighters to connect more with the audience? Yes. And in turn, it will help them to become bigger attraction. Yes. Imagine the main card having entrances similar to Fury and Wilder. Yes. I think it's great for the spectacle of the card. Now, you can't do it for every fight. And I think you have to decide when you do it. But this is something that the UFC has said they're not interested in, and this is something that people like Israel Adesanya has said they want to see happen, and they've tried to push the issue. But yes, again, like I was saying, the, the, the more unique, the better. I really like the walkouts for Paul Woodley. They were in that thing, and they came up. That was cool. McBean responds, too time-consuming. They have a broadcast to keep in order. That's why boxing only really has one extravagant walkout. Yes, so you can't do it for every fighter on the card that's 10 of those but if it's a big deal look they they kind of strayed outside the box with uh conor mcgregor and chad mendez but they don't do it often hey ariel to you who is the greatest athlete of all time what is your criteria i mean of all time greatest athlete golly i mean that's a tough one people who come to mind are like jesse owens who competed in uh Multiple sports. Jackie Robinson was a great athlete. I mean, that's a long time ago, though. Bo Jackson was an incredible athlete. He might be up there before he got injured. 
doing what he did in both baseball and football. Deion Sanders, not as good as Bo Jackson, I thought, in baseball, but certainly incredible that he was able to do both sports. Jackie Joyner, Kersey, McBean writes here. McBean just chiming in all over the place. Those are some, but I mean, someone that plays multiple sports at a high level, there haven't been a ton of those. MJ, baseball, basketball. Kind of hard to say one. Oh, New York Rick chiming in again. I feel like New York Rick just wants to be here on a Wednesday, if I'm being honest. Could we get a camera and a microphone in his home, and then he can just chime in? That would be nice. That's the next project for Srinivas. Shout out to Srinivas and the whole team back there, Miles, everyone back there, Frank, for setting up the uh, the cameras in everyone's spot. Herschel Walker, a good one. Oh, are we going to New York Rick? I thought maybe this, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Who Whose idea was that? Is that Tucker? Man, that is good stuff. Where is he, Mr. Monday Afternoon? Where are you at? Empty chair. Doesn't even stick around when I asked him a question after his segment. I can't wait for him to see this and chime in on the Slack channel. That was good. That was, that was well played. Um, Ariel, do you think Dana would go for the Diaz-Askren fight? I would assume not after Askren's loss to the greatest boxer of our generation, Jake Paul. McBean chimes in again. No, Uncle Chael explained this perfectly last night. I'm not sure where. Perhaps his YouTube channel. No, he's not going to do this. There's no way. They're giving Nate Diaz a tough fight. If it's going to be the last fight of his deal, he's getting a tough fight. Maybe Hamza, maybe someone else. There have been some talks. That's all really I can say at the moment. They're giving him a tough fight. It's not going to be Askren. It is interesting that Askin's throwing it out there. I thought he was officially done, but it's not going to be Askin. Hey, Ariel, glad the D.C. beef is over, as am I. God bless America. The community could not bear to see it last any longer. I saw your interview with Renee and your emotions about D.C. reaching out after 199. I felt the love, dude. So glad it squashed. So my question is, which bits were a work and which bits of the beef were a shoot? It was a shoot, brother. The whole thing was a shoot. My feelings were hurt, all right? My feelings were hurt. Here he is telling me he doesn't have time. He's hobnobbing with everyone all over town. He's hugging everyone all over town. He's doing interviews for the YouTube channel. He's doing DraftKings stuff. He's doing all kinds of things. He doesn't have time to pop in for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, Becky Lynch was being spread so thin last week. She came in for an hour chat. My old friend, my partner, my partner in crime couldn't come in for a few minutes. I mean, Ian, Gary, Cheeto Vera, they're coming in. They're fighting on the card. What is DC doing? Let's not start this all over again, but yes, my feelings were hurt, but we're all good now. You know what I should do? I should just keep calling him live on the air so he doesn't have to commit to it. He doesn't get in trouble. It's on me. Uh, anyway, uh, this uh, individual, Nim, writes, P.S. The real casual tweet had me on the floor laughing. Yes, I was referring to uh, Rosendo Sanchez. Rosendo. Sanchez with a C. Oh, McBean chimes in again. Wow, this is great. Uh, all of it was in jest. Brothers from another mother. Come on, man. No, that's that's wrong. It was a shoot. Ariel, this is from Jim. Love your mental health discussions. Thank you. And I'm placing a significant focus on this for my 2020 goals, 2022 goals. Not to dive too deep, but all caps. What routine are you doing to improve yourself daily? Poundtown Podcast. So... I try to do my Peloton every day. I like to sweat. 
something that I heard yesterday when I was doing it with my good friend Emma Lovewell, who, for whatever reason, is proving to be a difficult person to uh, book on my podcast. Um, you are a nicer person. You are a better person when you work out in any capacity. It doesn't have to be a fancy-schmancy 10K run like, uh, you know, old show-off over there, GC. It could just be something, you know, a walk, a run, a jog, some push-ups. Life makes more sense. Your head is clear. You sweat. You feel better. So I try to do that. Uh, I try to be a lot more grateful, a lot more present, um, try to be, you know, with the kids, try not to check my phone all the time, try to put it away for even 30 minutes, little goals, um, try to be less anxious, try not to worry about things that are happening in two weeks today, worry about today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today, so just little things like that. And of course, you know, talking to someone, talking to a therapist, that helps. All these things add up. The, the, the being active really helps. It really helps. I can't vouch for that enough. And talking to someone, can't vouch for that enough. Good luck to you. Frank, from one dad to another dad, I've been listening to your show since my son is three years old. He only speaks French. Wow. We're from Sherbrooke in Quebec. So for him, MMA is just a nice... New Yorker journalist talking to people. Wow, that's nice. Although I am Canadian. He's going to be 13 next Monday, and he really wants to learn English. So we're going to go to New York next year to get him immersive learning. So in French, could you please give him a shout-out for his birthday and give us a pizza place not to miss? Yeah, sure. What's his name? He's, it's not in here. Uh, so this is from Frank Poole. Uh, je veux dire bon anniversaire Oh, à, à, à le fils de Franck Poule, euh, vous êtes de Sherbrooke, Québec, et mon nom est Ariel Elwani. Euh, J'apprécie que tu entendes à mon émission le MMA Hour, et je veux dire bon anniversaire, 13 ans, et j'espère qu'on peut te voir quand tu euh, viens à New York l'année prochaine. Merci. Uh, Alex, my good friend Alex Weber, you've often mentioned how there should be an independent MMA Hall of Fame. Has it ever been discussed? What's stopping anyone from making one? Not really. Nothing that I know has been really seriously discussed on that topic, but I would love to see it happen. I mean, could you imagine the Reebok shorts getting in there? Like, we need an MMA Hall of Fame. How is it that this sport is almost 30 years old and there's no Hall of Fame? And I will be there. The first day that place is open, I will be there. It should probably be in Vegas. It might even be in Colorado, where UFC 1 took place. Denver, Colorado. Why not? There needs to be an actual MMA Hall of Fame with people who fought in pride, like that man, Fyodor Emelianenko, UFC legends, Pancrase legends, Shudo legends, hook-and-shoot legends, Strikeforce legends, Lidexy legends, IFL legends, all those people. Affliction legends got to happen. Why isn't anyone making one? I don't know. I mean, this sport still has a lot of growing up to do. McBean chimes in. Money and mass acceptance and recognition as legitimate. I don't think so. 30 years in. We're on ESPN. Come on. Brother Ariel. I saw Francis training with Rico Verhoeven ahead of the title fight. Will this be a difference maker or not? Happy Thanksgiving to the Hawani family. 
Thank you. McBean chimes in again. What's up with this dude? Francis is Francis. He's going to be refining what he has. I mean, yeah, do you want to just take over the segment, bro, or what? I don't know if it's going to be a massive difference maker, but I can't wait for that fight. I'll tell you that much. Some heat there. Francis is the man. Cyril is the man. Is it too soon for Cyril? We'll find out. Francis got some power. Not very active. Can't wait for that fight, January 22nd. I don't know if it's going to be a massive difference maker, but I mean, you could do a lot worse than that. Rico Verhoeven, one of the best strikers in the world, glory heavyweight champ. Ariel, a couple of weeks ago, we saw the crowd of the year at Bellator Dublin. What are your top three crowds ever? Also, could the UFC learn anything from the Bellator production, use of stage, playing music between rounds that helps add to the crowd atmosphere? I don't think so. I don't like the music between rounds, to be honest. They used to do that in Strike Force. The stage is cool, but I, I, I like the walking out through the crowd. I don't think they have to refine that. It's very old school boxing. In terms of top three favorite crowds, talked about this a little bit. Um, UFC Dublin, Connor versus Brandau has to be up there. I always talk about UFC 127 in Sydney. That was so loud. That's got to be up there. The Cleveland crowd for Stipe, that's got to be up there. Um, the Montreal crowd for George, I mean, pick a George fight. U- UFC 83 and 124, I think, were the loudest. The Koscheck fight was super loud. That felt like a really big deal. December of 2010. Um, O2 Arena, Bisping Silva was a great one. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm sure there's a gazillion. Oh, UFC 134 in Brazil was a great one. Rio de Janeiro, that was amazing. Yeah, so those are some. Oh, speaking of which, if you had to live your life without ever tasting Brazilian acai or matzo ball soup, which one would you eliminate from your life? Wow. I was introduced to acai at UFC 134. My good friend Guilherme Cruz, the Brazilian beast, one of the most amazing, amazing. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of craving it right now, if I'm being honest. A little granola, a little fruit, you know, a little, oof, a little banana, golly. But it's not like it is in Brazil. It's totally different here in America. There's just some, I've never tasted something that is so dramatically different in one place compared to the other. But if I had to choose one, I would say I would eliminate the acai because matzo ball soup just, you know, it's part of my heritage, speaks to my soul. Oh, McBean chimes in again. Uh, he picks <laughs> Montreal, GSP, Connor Dublin, Connor Habib. Mm, I don't know if Connor Habib is one of them. Those Vegas crowds aren't always that great. Uh, Connor versus Mendez was a great one. Most competitive division currently in the UFC or which division has the most up-and-coming talent? I would say 135 probably has the most up-and-coming. 155 has to be very competitive. Heavyweight, light heavyweight, no. Middleweight, no. 170 was active for a while, but Usman has really done a good job of uh, weeding everyone out. I would say 155 and 135 at the moment. 115 is pretty competitive. Ah, here's McBean answering all my questions. He says 155 is most talented, 145 or 170 most up and coming. All right. I like how he just chimes in on every question. Favorite segment of the week. This is from Patrick. Two questions. What did Uncle Chael think about the beef between you and DC? Didn't hear from him. Any good stories to tell from times you've buried the hatchet with fighters and or other media members? Oh, God. You want me to spill all the tea? Well, you know, there's some fighters over the years that, you know, wouldn't talk to me. I mean, Ben Askren hated me. Ben Askren famously wanted to fight me because I was a little bit critical of his win over Douglas Lima. And now we're cool for the most part. Um, 
Tito didn't like me and then he liked me. That was because of Matt Mitrione. That was because of the Mitrione Minute. I mean, there's obviously some ones that I haven't been able to uh, rectify, if you will. You know the ones. There's no real great story there from the fighters. As far as the media members are concerned, I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've beefed with a lot of them. I think a lot of them, like, will talk smack behind your back, but then, you know, you you confront them or reach out to them. There's not a lot of smack talking. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys were all very interested in the Luke stuff. We're cool now. Never really a beef on my end. So yeah, no real great tea unless I'm forgetting about something. I mean, it's been a it's been a 15 year journey at this point, but I'd like to think, for the most part, despite what other people have said, I'd like to think I have a pretty good relationship with the majority of the people out there. Fighter, manager, journalist. When will DC see the light? What light? I don't know what that is all about. Ariel, my man, you've really brought wrestling back to the scene. If there was one pro wrestler you can manage like Heyman, who would it be and why? By the way, happy holidays to you and the family. McBean chimes in, by the way. He says I should manage rowdy Ronda Rousey. Well, she doesn't like me. Ronda Rousey, I've talked about this. She doesn't like me because of the Travis Brown interview when he was on the show, which, uh, you know, Travis Brown was being accused of domestic violence and he wanted to come on to talk about it and then she got mad at me for asking the questions and then i think travis like didn't tell her or something that he was down to talk about it and we talked about it beforehand it was like almost a pre-interview and ever since then she did she just doesn't like me i don't know why she still holds a grudge against me that when she was making her strike force debut i sat down to have a Caesar salad at an event. I think it was UFC 143. And someone asked me if I wanted to talk to her. And I was like, can you just give me two minutes? I just want to put something in my mouth. And she always brought that up over the years, like that I made her wait. And which is fine. You can be mad about that. I, I just wanted to like quickly put something in my mouth. You know, if you're, if you're famished, you, you just want to have a little Caesar salad. What can I say? But she doesn't really like MMA media on the whole. So I don't know if that would be a good one. I mean, I think Kayla Harrison and I could do some good work. But if they have to be a current wrestler, I mean, you can match me up with anyone, if I'm being honest. Give me, some, give me someone like Ricochet who needs a mouthpiece. Give me someone like that. Who else? I can't believe, do you guys see that fan attack Seth Rollins? I was just talking about Seth Rollins, how nice he was to my kids backstage. And this crazy fan attacks him on Monday Night Raw. What the hell's up with that? pulling him by the hair, and then he comes out, plays it off. I mean, what a pro. That's amazing. Now, all of a sudden, he's like the biggest baby face, I feel like, in the business because, I mean, that was a pretty hard hit. The guy came out of nowhere and just freaking tackled him, blindsided him. Ricochet is great. I'll say Ricochet. Maybe someone like almost be a mouthpiece for him, just a massive man. Ariel, I've noticed and understand why you steer clear of politics, but the fighters often do not. I've observed the vast majority of those lean Republican conservative. I hypothesize that this is because of a deep belief in meritocracy is critical for fighters to stay motivated to succeed in their career, and they then map this belief system onto conservative talking points. Why do you think so many fighters are Republican? Oh, 
McBean, uh, he says, most fighters would actually be libertarian if this was closely evaluated. He also then chimes into the chime in again with, oh wait, no, now he, now he actually asked the questions. <laughs> he actually asked a question. Okay, uh, I don't know why. I, I mean, I think part of it might have to do with where they're from, but I, I mean, it's a fascinating question. Thank you, Chris, but I honestly don't know why. I try not to go there. Listen, I'm actually more attracted to people who are different than me. Like when I had Sean Strickland on, I was not offended by any of that. I'm very curious to know why you are. Like if you just surround yourself with people who are like you, it doesn't make for a very interesting show because then you're not inquisitive. Then you're not asking questions. I mean, then there's no interest there. I remember being young and seeing Larry King interview Yasser Arafat. And I remember being young and thinking to myself, that's interesting. Larry King is Jewish and he's interviewing the head of the PLO. And then I remember thinking to myself, that's really damn cool that he's not allowing any internal feelings, bias, dictate who he's going to talk to. That's the kind of journalist I have tried to be and want to be. And so I know Bryce Mitchell and I don't think the same, don't have the same beliefs. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. We don't have to talk about it. If you're only going to invite people on your show that you think the same as, believe in the same, like I've told you, <laughs> Colby Covington, ESPN, you know how many times I had to battle? I, I keep mentioning this because it was like the greatest example. I took a lot of heat for having him on the show, for not telling him to take off the hat, for having Trump. Like I took heat for that, internal heat. I don't care. doesn't bother me. As long as you're not out here spewing hatred, hate speech, racist speech, anti-Semitic speech, misogynistic speech, anti-anything speech, like, it's eh, fine with me. If you're of a certain belief, but you keep it to yourself and we can talk about certain things, and if you're a little bit different, and if you're on the other side of the, the ledger in terms of what you believe in, I actually feel like I'm more down the middle than anything. Like, I don't believe in this whole right-left nonsense without getting too into it. Like, I think it's crazy. And I talked about the media a few weeks ago. I think that's crazy. We get caught up in this whole red-blue crap. I mean... We're all one. We're all humans. This isn't freaking Game of Thrones. Grow up. This is McMean asking a question. With Hamzat having trouble landing a fight at welterweight and Sean Strickland getting his fight with Rockhold canceled, how about those two fight at middleweight? I'm down, but I kind of want to see Hamzat move forward at 170. But I mean, look at him against Jack Hermanson, the size difference. He looked bigger than Jack. I'm down. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> he then responds three hours later and says, what are your thoughts? Then Dallas, New York responds, I'm surprised you didn't answer your own question. And then McBean responds, I did. So I guess everyone, I mean, this is a thing now. Uh, Steven, to my fellow Canadian tribe member that is also an Adelaide Crows fan. Yes, we fly as one. Where's my gear? What did I do with it? I don't know where I put it. My shirt? Did someone steal my shirt? It was here before. It's somewhere. Uh, I was thinking about how it's pretty unfair there can be an illegal blow and one fighter's on the ground and can barely breathe because it feels like they just shallowed their nuts 
and another fighter can just relax in the corner and rest up, like with Moreno and Figueroa. What are your thoughts to penalizing a fighter by making them ride a bike or do something physical while the other fighter is healing up? Wow. So basically, if someone is in the corner nursing their hurt testicles, you should be like doing push-ups or crunches or something. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I mean, if you're not going to take a point away, the least you could do is give, you know, give us like 15 burpees, you know? Do you expect the UFC to involve Trump in the Colby Jorge fight promotion? No. Did you listen to Ben Askren on Lex Friedman's podcast? Who's Lex Friedman? Should I know who that is? I feel like Frank knows who that is. Is anyone back there anymore? Did you guys all leave? Yeah, you all left. Lex Friedman. I don't know who that is. Anyone know who Lex Friedman is? Uh, Askren suggests he would have given Khabib a difficult challenge if they fought. Maybe, you know, a few years ago. Again, don't forget, Ben Askren is an Olympian. Ben Askren was really good. Ben Askren didn't lose a fight for a very, very long time until the Jorge Masvidal fight. This idea that Ben Askren was a scrub, a never was, a schmuck, a jobber is absolutely false. Don't forget that. My friend Abhisek, dear Ariel, Sean Strickland persona, kayfabe or shoot? Shoot. Best underrated trash talkers, current as well as past. I mean, it's tough when you ask me these like best underrated. I don't know. Anyone any, anything back there? I think everyone left. New York Rick, you got anything? Yes, you're by yourself now. Okay, yeah, I mean, no one's answering my questions. Maybe someone on this? No. Dream MMA Survivor Series team. Male and females. How about like when AK was in its prime with DC, Kane, Rockhold, Habib, throwing Islam in there. I liked when the Survivor Series teams were four on four, not five on five. And I wish that they would make it into a bigger deal. And I wish the whole card would be Survivor Series matchups, not just one. And not just this nonsense Raw and SmackDown stuff, which means nothing. Like, I liked when it was like the Heenan family against, you know, the Hart family and the Kings against the whatevers, the Heartbreak. Like, that, that was fun. And they'd start at the beginning of the pay-per-view. And I was like, I'm this guy. And our team is going to be – and they're eating turkey. And it's like, you know, festive. It's different. It's not just a throwaway. It felt like a throwaway pay-per-view. Like if you missed that pay-per-view on Sunday, you're fine. You didn't miss anything. No titles were on the line. I mean, other than the Becky and Charlotte match, it didn't feel like anything was really at stake. Oh, Steven's got a beef. I got a beef with your answer last week to my question, Helwani trying to sound like a heel, hoping it's showing the world that Canadians don't have to be polite all the time. I don't understand why you wouldn't respect a ref if they had an earpiece in it. Is that what you are thinking about when you watch the Bills continuing to free fall with another loss? Wow. Jeez, man. If you have a ref, if you have refs in the ear to support the main ref in the ring by letting him focus on whether to stop a fight and fight or save. I mean, there's a lot going on. you got to make a split. I mean, you got a split second to make this decision. Take some of the onus off of them to also look for fence grabs. Yeah, fence grabs. At the same time, not sure how it makes the refs look like they're from WWE not believable. I get it. I was just saying that. As a guy who has done amateur refing, would love more support. Yeah, I, you know what? I take it back. You win, Steven. You win. I was just blowing through the questions at that point last week. So you win. I'm down. 
Hello, kind Sir Helwani. First time writing a question. Just wondering if you plan on having Benil Dariush on soon. I would love to have Benil Dariush on soon. However, he is managed by someone who doesn't allow his clients to come on this program unless they just do it on their own, i.e. Kayla Harrison, i.e. Derek Brunson, i.e. There was another one that came on recently. How did I forget this person? Derek Brunson. Who did I forget? Derek Brunson, Kayla Harrison. There's another one. How am I forgetting this? Um, Someone please tell me. You're definitely not going to remember. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. um, Yeah, there was another one. Anyway, he is open to come on whenever he wants. Anytime. He's not being talked about enough. And dare I say, if he came on the show, more people would talk about him. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I agree with you. Also, I'm not a huge pro wrestling fan, but I love the interviews and hearing about the behind the scenes and very much appreciate the art. Heel Wani, 10 7 to the haters. That's right. Okay, a couple more. Good morning, Ariel. My question for you this week is why do you think Stipe is so disrespected by the UFC, even though he's the heavyweight goat? I mean, I think he's had a contentious past with them. He doesn't do a lot of promotion. Ah, thank you, Brian. Corey Anderson. Yes, of course. How could we forget? He was on, he was off. Um, yes, Corey Anderson was the other one. Like he said on Monday, it seems like now is the time of the trilogy fights in the UFC, but he is the only person in recent history to not get one. I mean, no, he just got one against DC. What are you talking about? I know he beat him in the second fight, but I mean, it was a trilogy. This week's handicap hot take for you. Cyril Gunn will make Francis, I can't afford to pay for my training camps and Gunn will look like an amateur in January when he becomes the undisputed champ. Wow. Remember that. Zach said it. Two questions for you. What is wrong with the Lakers? They're, they're like a hodgepodge of players who historically don't really play well with each other. Um, they lost some key pieces. I mean, they're at, you know, Westbrook is Westbrook. Carmelo's the man. I think they'll figure it out. And let's not forget, LeBron's getting older. He's getting older. He's been in the league since 2003. You know, he doesn't have the same impact. Have you ever thought of LASIK surgery? Wow, great question. Um, no, I can hardly put, I can't even put the idea of putting contacts in is scary. So LASIK, not really my thing. Although I got new prescriptions and my eyes are bothering me and I feel like they're too strong and it's annoying. Ariel, the Bulls and Knicks have a budding rivalry again. Yes. Tough loss on Sunday. All things are right in the NBA. Eh, It feels like a weird year. You know, you got John Wall sitting out, you got uh, Ben Simmons sitting out. Some teams are a mess. The Knicks are off to a weird start. Nice win last night against the Lakers, but just, I don't know. feels a bit off. feels like it's kind of stuck in neutral. Hope you and yours are doing well. I'm thankful for the space you have created that gives me time to relax from the stress of life. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow, thanks, Ryan. Does Hilwani exist if there's no beef at the time? Yes, of course. I'm on call all the time, ready to go. If not, who's your close number two? Thug Nose or I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that day. Today is Hilwani. That Oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that today is Helwani. I don't know about number two. I mean, they're, they're all in me. Thug knows, Helwani, El Nariz, Helwani knows, all rolled in one. Thoughts on take going at 125? I don't know about that. She said she could do it last week on her show? Damn. I mean, she's pretty jacked. Be interesting. No shame in losing to Caitlin Biera. 
Errol, you talk sometimes on this show for four or five hours straight. What happens if you have to go to the bathroom at some point? I hold it in. Or do you go boo-boo when GC is giving us great picks? Nope, I'm right here. I hold it in. Ariel, what is your favorite Thanksgiving memory? God. Um, early in my time in uh, New York City, 2005, 2006, I had a good friend named John Beer, and it was just my girlfriend and I, not even wife yet at the time, and we decided we're going to do Thanksgiving for the first time because I never had a Thanksgiving meal. Like even when I was at Syracuse, I would just drive home and we didn't do Thanksgiving. And he cooked the turkey from scratch, no recipe, no cookbook, no nothing. And it was just a lot of fun. And we stayed up. And there were actually basketball games. I remember several years ago, like TNT would show some basketball games on Thursday night, which I liked very much because I'm a bigger basketball fan than football fan, especially back then when the Bills sucked. And I remember we were betting on games and I remember, I think it was on Bodog and I think it was the Cavs and Wizards or Magic Wizards. And I thought, this is a great memory. I thought I bet on one team. I think it was like I bet on the Wizards in my mind, but the Magic won by a large margin. And then I went back on the website and I realized that I actually bet on the Magic. And so it was a great Thanksgiving miracle. Do you know how many hours of content you produce each week? This feels like a part-time job keeping up with your work. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, just this show alone is like eight plus hours. I like to think that you could spread it out over the week and that kind of covers you. Ariel, when do you think Dana White will call it a day being a promoter for the UFC? And who do you think could replace him? It's hard. You know, I've heard people say, Chael, do you see? You have to have that passion. You have to have that, that drive. You can't just place someone in there putting in a figurehead that no one believes is the real decision maker is exactly what Dana wasn't. Everyone believed and knew that he was a decision maker, that he was a guy calling the shots behind the scenes along with the Fertitas, but he had that passion. And that's the reason why I think sometimes he was more successful than say like a Reed Harris in WC or a Scott Coker in Strikeforce because he had such passion. And especially when you saw those promotions go under the Zufa umbrella and you realize that those guys don't have a say they lost all of that panache, if you will. And so it's going to be a tough one. I don't think he goes away anytime soon. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I could see him being Bob Aaron, doing it till his 80s. Shalom. Have you ever been to Israel? Yes, multiple times. First time I was there, I was like 11. I went there in the ninth grade with my school. I went to the March of the Living in the 11th grade. My honeymoon was there in 2008. That was the last time. From my understanding, you are ethically Jewish, which means you can tour for Israel for free if you went on birthright. But no, I've been there, so I can't do birthright. Great program, though. Ariel, you never told us about how you got the scar on your head. Did you ever ask your mom? I didn't. I could call her right now if you guys want. Let's see if she picks up. A little holiday mother appearance? What do you guys think? You already have the phone in hand. I mean, it's right here. Let's see. It's ringing. It's become a bit of a thing. Just call people on live on the air. She's probably wondering, why are you calling me? Oh. Hi, Rafi. How are you? Hello. Uh, I'm actually live on the air, Mama. Right now. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You just called me Rochi, which is a sweetheart in, uh, in Arabic, right? Yes, people keep asking me how I got the scar on my head, and someone suggested that I just call you and ask you 
right here and now. So you're on speakerphone. Do you know how I got the scar on my head? Um, no, not really. I don't remember how it happened. Come on. This seems like you're trying to hold. Uh, you're trying to hold some information from us. You're withholding information. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Probably with a toy, or I don't. You don't remember how I got this scar? I mean, it's it's very present. I know it is. I can see it, but um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't remember. Were you watching the show right now? I was. I just left to go downstairs. Ah, I caught red-handed. Well, of course, this isn't your first time on the show. I mean, you used to be a fixture with uh, New York Rick, Mama Knows, the, the nose picks and everything. No, 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 but I was watching it all along, and then I had to go down to pick up, you know, pick up my granddaughter, but I was going upstairs, so uh, to continue. Name one it. guest who was on the show today, one guest. Um, Frank Mears. Oh, there we go. That's good stuff. All right, well, we wanted to know about the... Yeah, that was Matt Mitrione. But yeah, I know. What? That was Matt Mitrione. Oh, okay. <laughs> Close enough. All right. Um, also, people wanted to know why we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving when we were growing up. Because we celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada. Usually in Canada, it's not such a big, uh, it's not like in the States. Mm -hmm. But we do celebrate it here. And it's it's just, you know, to, because we're thankful, you know, we show our gratitude um, to what we have. But in the States, it's much bigger. Yeah. Uh, are you happy that Daniel and I are friends again? Of course, finally. I was so happy to hear that. It's really all because really of happy. you. Sorry? You, it's all because of you, because you were very upset that we were, uh, yes, you know, publicly yes, feuding. I was, I was very disappointed. It was very... You were, it was rude. He called me a schmuck. I mean, he really took it over the line. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised and disappointed that it was turning, you know, Very like personal. That. But, now, but now that you're back, to, you know, friends together, and I'm very happy and relieved. All right. Uh, all right, thank you. We'll talk to you later. If you okay. remember about the scar, let me know. Okay, do you remember why? No, I don't. That's why I'm asking. All right, well, people. Oh, you know, one of your brothers. It's like the third time someone asks me on the show, so I figured we'd get to the bottom of it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. No, sorry, I can't, I can't really remember. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to all. All right. Bye bye. There Thank she you is. For calling. No bye. problem. Talk to you later. There she is. Mama knows everyone. Uh, quick little cameo there. Um, back to the questions. So we don't know. It's a mystery. It seems like a lot of the high-ranked fighters that squat on their spot are dominance fighters that don't want to fight other dominance fighters. Ooh, interesting. Dariush Islam, for example, I'm not sure if they don't want to fight each other. Isn't it a conflict of interest for the UFC to not match up fighters based on their management? I don't know if that's a thing. A lot of guys. I mean, they try to steer clear of that. The managers do, but I don't think the UFC cares. In fact, I think they probably like it. Uh, two quick hits. Okay, we're wrapping up here. Is Izzy versus Whitaker still a play 185? Yes. They're hoping for February. What's next for Alex Pajeda? Heard anything? No. Why do you, what do you make of Terrence Crawford's post-fight press conference where he tells the media while on stage with Bob Arum that he's moving to another promotion? I mean, it was incredible. But there's been some beef between those two for quite some time. There was a time where Bob Arum was like, yo, I can't even get this guy to move the needle. So it feels like, I mean, it feels like 
they were moving towards a divorce very soon. Um, but yeah, that was pretty savage on his part to say it right there with Bob sitting next to him. You can see Bob's face like, oh my gosh, who doesn't tend to hold back? What's up, Ariel? With Peter Yan, Piotr Yan hinting at a fight against TJ Dillshaw. Is that true? Did, did I miss something? How long do you think they give Aljo before they strip him? I saw Aljo saying he's like all good. I think they're going to try to do that. But, you know, maybe by the new year. I think March, April is probably the uh, the deadline. P.S. Thank you for the birthday cameo. Hey, uh, no problem. Hey, Arrow, considering the lightweight division at the moment with DP versus Oliveira and Gaethje's number one contender spot, what kind of performance do you think Benil Dariush? Wow, we need to get Benil on this. Hey, uh, GC, can you book Benil Dariush for Monday, please? A lot of people want to hear from him. I like to see Benil versus Islam, number one contender fight. The best fight of 2022 will be... I don't know. Too soon to say. Any plans to do your roundtable stuff again? The stuff you do uh, is great, but we want more. Also, it shows up. Uh, I remember when you did Wednesdays where you could bring in other media guys to discuss topics, the stuff you used to do with, oh, like uh, the MMA beat. Um, not at the moment, but let's see. Has Josh Thompson reached out to you since you 10-7 him? Of course not. He wants nothing to do with this. Of course, now that we've mentioned him, he's going to go on a string of tweets that make no sense, that are all passive-aggressive, uh, pretending like he has such a great life, unearthing old photos and videos from three years ago when he was on a beach. And I guess that's some sort of signal that he has a better life than all of us because he happens to be on a beach and none of us can go on a beach and uh, his feet are in the sand and he's enjoying life and he's not paying attention to any of the comments. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that's coming anytime soon. Hey, Ariel, here's a different kind of question for you. My girlfriend and I will be going to, on a dinner date in New York City. Where are we going? We'll report back. Wow. It's up to me. Go to Sasabune, 73rd and 1st, the greatest sushi that I've ever had in my life. It's not fancy. There's no sign on the door. It looks like a library closet, but I will bet you any money in the world you have never tried anything like that food. Ariel, have you ever had a moment where you were like, wow, I can't believe I got to witness this live, whether it be in person or just watching on TV. I love sports history, so I was just wondering if there was one event that you got to witness live that really sticks out to you. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, the rise of Connor, those events were kind of crazy. The Mayweather fight was kind of crazy. Um, GSP, 129 in Toronto, crazy. Getting through those NBA games up close in person, crazy. Those are a few that come to mind. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing has been crazy. The whole freaking thing. Can we expect Ben Askren to be on the MMA this coming Monday? It's time. You guys want him? I think he does a podcast with like four listeners, so I don't know if he has time to come on the show. What is the closet that you have to what is the closet that you have come to having to go to the bathroom during the show? Considering how many years you've been doing it. Why are so many people concerned about my bladder? Uh no. No close calls. Watch next week's show. Have like two close calls, Monday and Wednesday, but so far so good. Which fighters deserve a special thank you today? Which have been the most generous with their time? Wow. Dan Hooker. I should have thanked him. Well, I did thank him, but I mean all of them. All of them. I'll come back to that question at the very end. Um, has there ever been an egregious stoppage in MMA where you felt it was hard to keep watching? Yeah, there was a lot. Uh, there was Chris Cyborg versus Jan Finney was a weird one. As far as I'm concerned, your show and Mortal, uh, Morning Combat are the only shows worth watching. You helped make me an instant fan of so many fighters. I only heard about you. I only heard about on your show. Hell, I will likely never enjoy watching pro wrestling, but you made me a fan of a couple of wrestlers too. Question, if you had to pick a team of one lightweight UFC fighter and one featherweight to form a tag team, which 
fighters do you feel like would make for the most entertaining competitive tag team? God, I don't know. My brain is fried. I appreciate the the love, but my brain is fried. Uh, Lior, there's one question that's way too long. Uh, Ariel, my friend, DC's face turn was great. It was awesome to see the band back together. My question is, if one of your kids would want to be an MMA fighter with a current UFC fighter pay, would you recommend? Hell no. Forget about the pay, just the safety. Favorite Thanksgiving food? I love pecan pie. I love, I love all the pies. Pumpkin pie, pecan pie. I like the stuffing. I like the cranberry. I mean, I like it all. It's all great. What's the most painful anti-Semitic thing someone has done to you? When I was a basketball coach, high school basketball coach, I put my my like uh, my board there, you know, like the the whiteboard to draw plays. I put it down on the ground. I picked it up, and someone drew a swastika on it, and that kind of bummed me out. But, you know, honestly, if that's the worst, and that's, one time I was in Syracuse, I was a student, and someone said Jude, like, oh, I'd just been Jude, implying, like, I guess, or no, say, like, implying that they were ripped off, and I had never heard that before, and that was weird. But again, if that's the worst that I've ever experienced, it's a pretty damn good life compared to what other people have experienced. Favorite New York Rick hipster moment of all time? It has to be the Ronda Rousey Comeback of the Year Award, right? I mean, there's nothing better than that. Uh, you signed up to do a two-hour show that now regularly runs over four hours. Does the studio crew hate you? Let's wrap this thing up so they can maybe get home to their families in time for Thanksgiving. Do you guys hate me back there? Not a chance. Okay, see? no. One, I mean, they have nowhere to go. We just found out that GC has nowhere to be. Uh, Frank, you got anywhere to be? I think Frank yeah. wrote that. <laughs> Did you? Are you Aaron? <laughs> no comment. Um, okay, well, there's only three left. Uh think there's an even better question than what was asked last week to see where your Canadian sports alliance is. If you walked into a bar and see the 1993 cup-winning Montreal Canadiens team, Bret Hart, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and Owen Hart, oh, Jesus, the 92 World Series Blue Jays team, and GSP, which order do you go up to him? Of course you go up to Owen Hart first. I mean, he's no longer with us. 92 World Series team doesn't mean anything to me. I was an Expos fan back there. So back then, excuse me. Uh, Lewis Gilmore, by the way, right now just replied to that other guy and said, only Monday afternoon Rick wants to get home. Ah, that's amazing. I love the roasting of Rick. I mean, ever since he returned. Um, so yeah, Owen Hart, number one. Brett, number two. GSP, number three. 93 Canadians. Now, if the 94 Expos are there, whew, that might be a tough one. But in this order, the 92 Jay's team goes last. Lewis, uh, pull the curtain back on being backstage at Survivor Series. Any cool interactions or moments, things you'll remember, any insights on watching the WWE machine operate one of their big events? How does it compare to doing a similar thing in an MA event? You killed it. It was particularly great to watch a UFC card, or you mean WWE card, and then see the nose appear on the BT Sport preview show right after. Oh, yeah, I was on right after. That's right. Um, it was incredible. We're sitting there. They take us to the back. It's me and my two kids. The first person we see is Paul Heyman. And he's like, security, get these kids out there. My kids are terrified. They're nine and seven. We see Finn Balor back there. We see, and we're, we're back there right before the 25-man battle royal. And so they're all gearing up to go out. They're spritzing their hair. They're doing like these curls things with the elastic thingy. And I never asked my kids what they thought of it. 
but they were actually like doing a thing where they was like, you do this, you do that. It's like, we got to see behind the curtain, like true behind the scenes. And it was damn cool. I always wanted to see that. I've been there once before, but being there with my kids was incredible. So we're watching that. We're waiting for Becky Lynch. She's obviously emotional. She's kind enough to say hello to my kids. I didn't ask for anything. We're standing. She shakes their hand. She tells me to clean my hand with hand sanitizer, which I appreciate. Um, didn't ask for anything. We're waiting. Jinder Mahal sees me and he goes, heel one in the house. I was like, oh my God, Jinder Mahal, this is crazy. And then he, he, said, he makes a joke to my kids about having backstage passes. Take a picture with him was cool. And then Seth Rollins couldn't have been cooler. And he comes up to my kids and says hello to them and asks them if they want a photo. I'm big on not asking people for photos. Like, it's not my thing. And I don't want to bother people, especially when they're at work. And uh, we took a photo and my kids were in awe. I mean, I don't know who was more excited, me or them, but it was pretty damn cool. And it was fun. And especially with the Becky Lynch interview, it reminded me of the old days of doing the interviews uh, backstage. Everyone's sweaty. The emotion is just different, right? It's just different. So very thankful and I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. Um, Melissa, happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate the uh, the wishes. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And she says happy Thanksgiving to me, my wife, and my kids. And so that's it. Thank you for all the questions. Frank, anything you're thankful for? I'm thankful to be a part of the team. Wow, that's good. You're thankful that we're wrapping up here. I just So going back to the other question, I want to say thanks to everyone out there. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thanks for coming back. Thank you to Vox for having us back, for having the show back, for not throwing out the desk, the gear, the the, the screens. I mean, it was all here. Um, thank you to everyone back there. Frank, Joe, Tucker, Connor, Yoon, Alex, Brian, everyone who was a part of the relaunch. Of course, Jim, our, our leader here. Uh, and thank you to, uh, most importantly, all the fighters. I mean, if there are no fighters on this show, the show isn't exactly what I want it to be. Thank you to everyone who takes time out, 30 minutes, to come on the show, 20 minutes, whatever the case is. Thank you to all the managers and the PR people that help us book the show, um, the, the significant others, whomever it may be. Thanks to all the fans who write in, who tune in, who listen, who download, who subscribe. I love you all. This is a dream gig. If you would have told me 20 years ago that I could do this for a living, almost 40 years old, sitting in front of this microphone and there's actual people listening to me, you know, on Thanksgiving Eve, it's an amazing thing. I love what we're doing here. I love what we're rebuilding. I love the momentum. I love the love. I love the characters. I love the stories. I love the fighters. I love the the, the interactions, the access. It's all a dream. So... If you're celebrating tomorrow, I hope you have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. I hope you're able to spend some time with loved ones, kick back, relax, no stress, just good memories, good food, good laughs. If you're not, I hope you have a happy and healthy Thursday, and I hope that you can take something away from the spirit of this holiday and just use it as a reminder to be thankful, to be appreciative, to be grateful, to love life, to count your blessings, and if things aren't going well right now, be hopeful that things are going to turn around, that better days are ahead. If you need help, if you're looking for help, if you need someone to talk to, there is always someone out there. And uh, just remember that we only get one shot at this life. So take it, you know, and keep it in a special place. Don't take it for granted. Appreciate life. Appreciate everything you have. 
and good things will come to those who are positive and bringing that energy and who are appreciative and grateful of everything. And I am. And so I'm trying to live my life that way. And uh, I think it's working. And so without further ado, there it is. Didn't even have to call for it this time. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we didn't grow up uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, but I love it. I love, uh, I love everything about it. I just love what it brings out in people, and tomorrow's going to be a great one. We are going, oh, when the bills go marching in. Oh, when the bills go marching in. Oh, I want to be in that number. When the bills go marching in. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. Triad Combat, Saturday night, Teofimo Lopez, a little break from the norm, as they say. Thank you very much to all our guests today. The returning Frank Mir, biggest payday of his career. How about that? Going up against Kubret Pulev, the returning Matt Mitrione, who was done. And he said, nah, I ain't done. By the way, there's a one championship event on uh, Friday morning as well, if you're into that. And I bet there's a million other events going on all over the world. Caposa uh, is your guy for that. I mean, he's probably getting ready to watch Dubai Fighting Championships 346 as we speak. He's the man for that. Thank you very much to Frank Mir, Matt Mitrione, Bryce Mitchell. Check out the mixtape. And, of course, Dan Hooker. Thanks to all of you, GC, the crew. Happy Thanksgiving, my friends. I love you all. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace.